It's 26 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. The Senate is trying to pass another short-term spending bill before the government runs out of money tomorrow. There was a three-day government shutdown last month when Congress couldn't resolve issues over a stopgap spending bill. Democrats are demanding long-term protections for immigrants who are brought to the U.S. illegally as children. President Trump is insisting on funding for a border wall. Winter weather to blame for the PA Office of Administration closing state offices in Pittsburgh and around the Commonwealth today. Non-essential employees under the government Governor's jurisdiction here in Pittsburgh, as well as Harrisburg, Reading, and Scranton, have today off. State House and Senate canceled sessions as well. Channel 11 reporting this morning there are nearly 500 delays and closures this morning. A Texas televangelist is telling her Facebook followers, well, they don't need a flu shot if they have Jesus. Gloria Copeland posted a video to a page with more than a million followers, noting that while there's duck and deer season, there's no flu season and no need for a flu shot. That's because Copeland said Jesus already carried all of our diseases, and if you haven't caught the flu, she recommends just repeating, I'll never have the flu over and over. Jesus had the flu for our sins. I think that's pretty well documented. She should tell this guy that. A Fort Worth, Texas man dealing with serious complications from the flu. Doctors were forced to amputate both of Brian Herndon's feet and nine of his Ah. fingers. Herndon is in the intensive care unit at Baylor University Medical Center in Dallas. He was diagnosed with pneumonia and the flu earlier this month. A new study says insects are good for you when you eat them. About 2 billion people around the world already know that, and bugs are a regular part of their diet. But eating insects is a tough sell in the U.S., Canada, and Europe. Now researchers at Rutgers University have found there are about 1,900 insect species that are edible and highly nutritious. Scientists say insects contain healthy fats, protein, fiber, vitamins, and essential minerals. That study was published in the recent edition of the journal Molecular Biology and Evolution. I'm so dumb. I hear studies like that, and I'm just like, I'm going to start eating bugs. (laughs) And then I don't think about... You know, researching that, that's not something you just jump into. You don't just make the switch and all of a sudden you're eating insects. You just add it. You'd add it like a crouton or something. Yeah. I mean, butter it up, deep fry it. Sure, I could be into it. It would be great if Randy was here because he went to one of those insect dinners. Oh, yeah, that's right. See, I I think I could eat it if it was ground up and put in something. Yeah. But just eating a cricket, I don't think I could choke that down. I think... How much I would enjoy it depends on my direct knowledge of what it was. Like, yeah. if, if I couldn't tell what it was, I could maybe get into it. Try this delicious dung beetle. <laughs> well, like, what but are there health benefits? Is like, is well, it- yeah, they said it's they're very nutritious. And I know in a lot of countries where there's poverty that they do eat a lot of insects. Says they contain healthy fats, protein, fiber, vitamins, and essential minerals. Man, um, I'm going to hold out. I'm going to hold out for a little bit. I mean, I'm always up for a challenge, yeah, try well, new things. In but a pinch. That's, that's no. Google, which knows everything, analyze what type of restaurants people are going to the most in every city. So what is the wing capital, even though that's not on their list? Um, the pizza capital of the world. What do you think that is? New York. No. Really? Detroit. Chicago. Oh, Going out for pizza, more popular in Detroit than any other city in the country. That's the hottest pizza in Pittsburgh. Detroit pizza. It's, I mean, it's Little Caesars, pretty much. 
It's the square pizza that's like a deeper dish. But that's like calling a McDonald's like hamburger, like every hamburger just going, it's McDonald's. Like whether it's Tassaro's or, you know, mm. any local burger that's I like, mean, look, it's it's fantastic. The, the, the Detroit style pizza that I've had is really, really good. It is Little Caesars pizza. It's but I Little mean, Caesars. That's a lot of dough. No, that's the style, but like Little Caesars has a quality to it that's a little less than. Uh, there are some. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Gourmet pizza might be a <laughs> overblown way of putting it, but dude, you just had the Ironborn. Uh, oh, Ironborn is tremendous. The they Mexican capital of the country for Texas. Mexican food, San Antonio. Yeah. The Chinese capital. New York. New York City. Barbecue capital. This should be an easy one. Austin. Memphis. Memphis. The burger capital. It's not Pittsburgh. Paducah, Kentucky. Even though, no, D.C. Washington, D.C. The sandwich capital is Orlando. This one kind of surprised me. The steakhouse capital. Texas. Indianapolis. Mm, Yeah, that's what I would have thought. I would have thought like Kansas or Oklahoma. St. Elmo's in uh, Indianapolis is like one of the most popular steakhouses in the country. But this is, the seafood capital is New Orleans, and not a surprise here. The coffee capital is Seattle. Ozzy Osbourne is a grandfather for the eighth time after his son Jack and his wife welcomed their third child. Jack and Lisa Osbourne announced yesterday the arrival of their daughter, Minnie Theodora, who was born Sunday in L.A. It's a third daughter for the couple who married in 2012 and also have five-year-old Pearl and two-year-old Andy Rose. And Corey Feldman has been cleared in a sexual battery investigation. An anonymous woman accused the star of groping her last year. Spokesperson for the L.A. City Attorney's Office tells the New York Daily News, quote, we did receive a complaint from law enforcement. We reviewed it and ultimately rejected a criminal filing on January 31st, end quote. Feldman's attorney, Perry Wander, telling TheBlast.com that he has long been a vocal advocate against sexual harassment and abuse and has maintained his innocence and is now vindicated for his part. Feldman tweeted, the truth shall set us free. Going to be messy today. Snow, sleet, rain, freezing rain through midday. Temperatures in the mid-30s. It'll drop into the teens overnight tonight. It's 26 at DVE. Uh, It is the DVE morning show, and it is a Wednesday. So that, of course, means our friend um, Jeff Conkle. You shake at his touch and you tremble at what he might say. This is fitting for the weather conditions. The roads are a mess. Yeah, well, you found Mr. Wednesday. He's right here. I don't often say this, but it was the worst decision of my life to come in here today. <laughs> yeah, I, I was this actually was unbelievable. It was pretty bad. Um, it wasn't too bad. I lived close enough, so it wasn't so bad for me. It was more just a slow drive. But the but even the main are, roads well, are crushed. It, I left my house a little before five, and it was coming down hard. Like it, I don't know what it's like now, but it's like it was raining or sleet. Or I mean, something it right was now. snow when I came in, and it was I, I hope, really coming down. I hope you guys are okay with this, but I'm probably going to stay here until a little after lunch. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Sure. Yeah, roads are bad today. Pittsburgh public schools closed. It's uh, one of them. One of them things. One yeah. Them before day. you got in, I mentioned Channel 11 said there's almost 500 delays and closures this morning. Oh, it's a good day to be driving a Mazda. <laughs> <laughs> there was a car in front of me that was just 
had no business be like I started to wonder why they made the car. I'm like, it. This is a car that if it's windy, maybe don't take it out of the garage. Shouldn't sell one one vehicle in <laughs> yeah, Pittsburgh. Like, God, it's the man. Toyota frictionless. <laughs> So uh, lots to get to today. Despite the weather, we're going to be kind of busy. Lots of different topics. And uh, I know we got uh, Mark Madden a little bit later on this morning. Uh, Phil Bork will be uh, joining us. We'll be talking hockey with Jason Mackey. The uh, the Pens and the the Golden Knights last night. That was a hell of a fun game to watch. Yeah, it was. It looked like... The the Penguins looked like they were in playoff mode, I felt like, last night. Yeah. I was telling my wife that it has to be a bummer for Flurry... Because it's kind of like like breaking up with a girlfriend, and you're you're like going back to your class reunion, and you've been on like P90X, like you're like she, I can't wait till she's gonna see me. Like look at my save percentage, look at my goals against average, <laughs> and then you show up, and your ex girlfriend has like breast implants, and like uh, you know is just looking like a- absolutely unbelievable. It had to be totally disappointing for him. And it, they were leading two nothing, but before they showed that video. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, that did it to him. It made him emotional. Good timing yeah. on that. They used it as like the Penguins' secret renegade. I thought it was cool. I thought you know the video was great. He oh, was the, awesome. the response. I, got I I stopped just short of it, but I felt the uh, waterworks starting. You got yeah. the feels. Yeah, how could you not? I got the feels for uh, when Ryan Chazier stood up. Oh yeah, yeah. that was yeah. incredible. How did he do that? That was uh, I. I I'm really hoping that uh, he is really on the path to to being able to walk again. That that was really great to see him there. Pretty emotional night there last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then building was nuts. Shooting gallery, just goals galore. Uh, pens end up uh, coming up on out on top, and then it got to the point where I wondered, like, well, boy, I mean, it's starting to be like, All right, I don't want Florida to get beat this bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty tough to get a tribute video and then chased. <laughs> So did you guys see the uh, – Mike will have more on that whenever he uh, does make his way in here. I'm sure it's pretty brutal coming from his neck of the woods. Of course, he lives in Harrisburg, so it is a, it's a bit of a commute. A lot uh, of people don't know that about Mike. No, no, yeah, Harrisburg yeah. resident. Five-hour commute every morning. Every single morning. Yeah. The, uh, the, the Falcon Heavy rocket that went up yesterday, did you guys see this? No. I did. I saw it land. This is, to me, the fact that there were some people who didn't know what this is, is amazing. Imagine how far we've come when a guy blew a rocket off, he shot a car into space, and there were still some people who you could have been like, how about the uh, Falcon Heavy? And they were like, what's that? Dude, that was me yesterday. I was at the gym, and it was on a TV in the locker room as it was landing, and there was like six people gathered around the TV, and I was like, eh, I'll, I'll just check that out on YouTube later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, totally no, lost on me. No, and, was this and, the and anniversary I, of some old space <laughs> shuttle takeoff? That wasn't an indictment of the people who didn't know about it. It was more just an observation of just how crazy it is that something of that magnitude now, it's a blip. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a car flying around space right now. Anybody else getting a little suspicious of Elon Musk? Yes. I mean, he's doing a lot of stuff. Him and Jeff Bezos. It's like, dude, come into the office. Let's get to know <laughs> these guys more. What the hell are they doing? I don't know, man. That 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 was kind of terrifying to to, to there, watch in a way. There's definitely a Doctor Doom aspect of what's going on. Like, I'm waiting for Elon Musk to start his own like rogue nation. Right. Oh yeah. He's gonna like. <laughs> 
just like set off some frequency, and then there's going to be a bunch of Enrico Palazzo, like <laughs> Leslie Nielsen kill robots. Turning Mars into the Death Star. <laughs> At the next Tesla meeting, it's just, oh, we, oh, we, oh. I, I think we're getting there, man. <laughs> I mean, for those who didn't see, he had these booster rockets that propelled the the main booster. Yes. Which shot it off into space. And these these two rockets were synced. So after they blew off and launched this thing, they came back down to the ground synchronized, like in perfect synchronization. And, the, and they're like, they slowly go down to the ground and touch perfectly and just land together. It was so creepy looking. It was looking. really creepy looking. <laughs> but super cool. They lost the center thing, didn't they? Like the center booster? I don't think they thought they were getting it back. Yeah, oh. Something didn't land. I thought that they they lost, like they had some collateral damage there. Oh, okay. Um, well, I think um, th- that that one's probably sitting in the ocean somewhere. But again, a guy blew a, a car into space yesterday. But what was the stated purpose of this, other than to like look Just at my the magnitude can. of my incredibility? Because he like is going to dream? launch flights into space, and you are going to be able to buy a seat. Which is another? Come on! Is that a is that a one way ticket or are we talking round trip here? No, I believe that they intend on having you come back. Do they just inject Xanax directly into your <laughs> spine at that point? Like, how does that work? All right, People- all right, everybody, uh, recline for your epidural. <laughs> Would, do you have any interest in going to space? Um, no, me I don't. Me neither. Me personally, no. I honestly have thought about this because it, you know astronauts are like when you see the Earth from. That high up, you just realize that we're just a floating marble in this vast, expansive universe. And I was like, yeah, I've, I've watched National Geographic. <laughs> yeah, I, I get the same sense. I've seen plenty I feel like Earth. I'd be on the moon and be bored with the view. That, that's that, that's how on your phone. jaded I am, yeah. <laughs> and if you don't get a window seat, you're screwed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People got to go and uh, pee the entire time. Stuck in the aisle. Can I, can I, can I, can I look? Can I, <laughs> excuse me, can I look? Excuse me. Pardon me. I paid uh, nine hundred thousand dollars to be on this flight. Can I? Can I get a? Can I get a glimpse? Yeah, I really don't have any interest in, in doing it. I think it's cool. I think if like after a few years and a bunch of people were doing it, you know, can we pay to ship other people out? Yeah. Oh, there you go. There's the thing. Um, forget jails. Speaking of space. <laughs> speaking speaking of space. Big space news. Star Wars. Now, the thing about the new Star Wars is uh, people really get into this stuff. I, I genuinely will see them and like them. I think they're entertaining now. I still haven't seen the new one. I know that makes me uh, way behind. Yeah. All right, Val. Well, Have you guys we'll, seen... Let's go watch it. The Force Awakens? No. Yeah. No, I knew it. I, I saw, saw the Force Awakens. Star Wars and the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> you didn't even see Return of the uh, Jedi? Well, uh, you know what? I might have seen that. In my opinion, you're fine. <laughs> Those are the only two? You don't, don't like know. Return? Yeah, I, I do, but I liked it as an eight-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess I haven't seen it in a long time. What are you trying to say? The Ewoks don't hold up? <laughs> yeah, not necessarily. <laughs> so it was announced yesterday that the creators 
of the smash hit Emmy award-winning television series Game of Thrones are going to write and produce a new series of Star Wars films. I did see this. Wow. Now, these new films will be separate from both the episodic Skywalker saga and the recently announced trilogy being developed by Ryan Johnson, writer-director of Star Wars The Last Jedi. This is brilliant stuff, guys. I mean, Mm -hmm. just letting people go down every sort of tangented plot line and storyline that branches off of, of the main Star Wars plot. This is how they're going to make billions and billions of dollars. They've already done that, but... They're going to keep doing it. I know that Dis- isn't Disney doing a Star Wars land? Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised there isn't like a full-blown Like park. a whole park. Yeah, years ago. I'm surprised mm-hmm. that didn't happen. I'm starting to think, you know, with all the stuff we were talking about the future, that like really we are basically one day going to only watch Star Wars on Netflix while Amazon brings us food. <laughs> Idiocracy. Oh, how my balls is is. <laughs> I thought about this the other day because I was like discussing the Last Jedi with my friend, and we were getting like very detailed, like into no- into like these little fan novels that were written and all these theories and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, I just snapped out of it in a second. I was like, shouldn't we be in a Rotary Club or something? Like we're thirty four <laughs> years old. Like shouldn't we be having like some civic minded discussions? Shouldn't I know who my congressman is? <laughs> shouldn't I? I mean, uh, shouldn't I know these things? Or at least, shouldn't we belong to an owls club yeah, or a Polish Eagles where we're drinking away yeah. the pain with our buddies? Yeah, I, it's hard to believe uh, that back in the day, like the VFWs I went to with my dad, they were arguing over any like movie, science fiction <laughs> movie. There were no Star Trek arguments going on. I think that Stanley Kubrick's a genius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was not happening. Not happening at the Polish Falcons on uh, 3rd Nash and Erie PA. Well, are you looking forward to the Game of... I mean, I I uh, read the Game of Thrones books. I didn't really watch the show that much. I don't know how much the creators of the show have to do with the actual... Um, the author. I can't, what's, what's George R.R. R. Martin. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the Grateful Dead dude. Um, <laughs> you read the books and you don't watch the show? Yeah. Why no. is that? Uh, well, two reasons. One, I didn't have HBO, and two, my wife basically thinks it's justifiable nerd porn. <laughs> She's like, oh, you just throw some dragons and some swords in there, and then that's okay? And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> There's more to it than that. <laughs> yeah. Well, then that brings up an interesting point. Looks like we're going to get some uh, some Star Wars porn. Finally. It's about time. Yeah. It doesn't exist already? Yeah, there's no I way. Mean, that's R2 not a- Deep Throat. <laughs> They've been C3 kinda... PPO. <laughs> oh, I could go all day with oh, this one. Yeah. <laughs> Obi-Wan Kabone me. Make <laughs> <laughs> it happen. Why not? I mean, Princess the action Lamy. figures will certainly be interesting. <laughs> uh, you might have to get them off Pornhub. Speaking of Pornhub. Porn troopers. Uh, we're going to tell you about <laughs> the latest thing that Pornhub is doing. Again, playing into this whole... Black Mirror, artificial intelligence world that we live in right now. Pornhub has to take steps to guard against technology and how it... Are people hacking Pornhub? I I, I talked about this uh, like maybe two weeks ago when this story first started to come out, but now it's like really happening. It's the deep fakes um, process. Deep fakes is the name of the account on Reddit that made available a piece of technology that any jabroni oh, can go on now, yeah. and Photoshop 
a face of anybody they want, somebody oh, in their office, oh my a rich person, and then it automatically implants it onto the face of a actress, a porn actress. Now Spend Stonium behind this? Because <laughs> I feel like I've seen yeah. him do that. <laughs> Not with porn. Right. Uh, did Mike make it in yet there, uh, Joe? Maybe, maybe not. Stalkers, right. that's really frightening. No, yeah, this is bad. terrifying. All right, so those, we'll, we'll get into it. Warning. The ramifications of this are frightening. Mike Pursuta, uh, he made his way in from... Like, uh, wait, I didn't, I didn't realize Dame Judi Dench had a sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's got sports coming up next. DVE Sports. All right, Mike Pursuta has your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. How were the roads coming in there today? It had to be brutal from your end. Awful. Yeah, let me just follow up on the Val's report. Uh, I come in every day, 22, east of Murraysville to the parkway. 22 hadn't been touched by a plow. Uh, I saw a couple on the parkway going the wrong way, going out of town. Everybody's going in. <laughs> Maybe that's how they always do it. I don't know. But the, the roads have hardly been touched. They are a mess. There are people driving with their blinkers on. Mm. There are people driving very slow in the fast lane. There are people changing lanes without putting turn signals on. Be smart. Be safe. If you don't have to get out there, don't. <laughs> if you do, you got to do what you got to do. But it's it is bad. Yeah, I yeah, think it snuck up on us because I I was looking at my phone last night before I went to bed and it said it was going to snow. Starting at 7 a.m. today and continuing on, I think it just all hit maybe a little early. I thought it was 2 o'clock. Yeah, it's between 2 and 3 is what I saw yesterday. It is really sloppy. And be advised, you know, if you got to go to work, you got to go. But you're not going to get there in nearly the time you usually get there. It's going to, your commute's going to be double at least. And it's, um, it's a mess. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Careful on the roads. No. Uh, no public schools today, and uh, five hundred cancellations and delays. Is that what you said? Val? That's what Channel Eleven said Jeez. earlier this morning. All right, Mike. On uh, to the hockey game. No. Uh, no cancellation there last night. That was a uh, all hands on deck affair at PPG Paints Arena. Yeah, and the Penguins uh, find a way to get it done. They fell behind Mark Andre Fleury in the Vegas Golden Knights. Two to nothing last night uh, in the second period, but uh, they began to battle back. Ryan Reeves got one at 11.08, and then Ian Cole got the Penguins back even. Crosby takes over and goes to Brian Ross. Weave his way into the Vegas zone, puts the brakes on the slot, got a man there. Here's Cole shooting, scoring! Ian Cole over the block of the flurry, and the Penguins have tied this game at two. Oh, get that dog off my lawn. Ian Cole ties it. Yeah, Jake Gensel untied it at 18.40 of the second, and the Penguins kept pouring it on early in the third. And Dumoulin able to hang it up the center. Here comes a two-on-one on a chain. Kessel to Malkin, waiting, shooting, scoring. Kenny Malkin threads the needle, and the Penguins have a 4-2 lead here in the third magical combination between Kessel and Malkin to deliver the goal. And since Kessel had set up Malkin, it was only right that Malkin would then set up Kessel. Brings it back to the Penguins' own. Oleksiak defensively for Pittsburgh to Malkin. Great pass to Haglin. Left side to Kessel. Shoots it off a stick. Haglin gets to the puck. Goes to Malkin. To Kessel. He shoots and scores. Bill Kessel 
a magnificent passing play. Hagelin, Malkin, Kessel, in tight. Bye-bye, baby. 5-2 Pittsburgh here in the third. I thought Marc-Andre Fleury might get chased after that goal. The Penguins were mm-hmm. flying at that point. Yeah. But uh, I'll tell you what, the Vegas Knights dug in and battled back and stayed in it, and it ends up 5-4 Pittsburgh. But uh, Vegas really showed me something. I mean, that's as good as I've seen the Penguins look in a long time, that stretch. Uh, I'm not sure exactly when it started, but into the third period, they were dominating. That goal, was, Mike Lang called it magnificent passing. They looked unstoppable at that point. Mm-hmm. And I'm Down like, to what, nine forwards? I mean, they lost another two guys. Yeah, Rowney and um, Kuhnhackel. Uh, at that point, I'm thinking, okay, Vegas, you've had a nice, cute start because you try hard and you got something to prove because everybody... Chip on your shoulder. Everybody said yeah. you couldn't play, and you ended up in the expansion draft or traded to the expansion hmm. team. But this is what it looks like when talent applies itself, and you guys can't hang with this. But but Vegas did. That uh, that's a pretty good hockey team. But the Penguins good enough to win five to four over Flurry. Fast team. And the Knights. They play fast. That. Uh, that makes it 30-22-3 and three for the Penguins, 63 points. They are second in the Metropolitan Division, one point better than the New Jersey Devils, but the Devils have three games in hand on the Penguins, who are now off until Friday night. Uh, some of your statistical details. Uh, Malkin's goal was his 30th of the season. He's gotten to at least 30 for the sixth time in his career. Uh, Pens extended their home winning streak to a season-high eight games. They improved to 12-0-0 when scoring five or more goals. Uh, Matt Murray's win moved him ahead of Les Binkley and into sixth place, uh, sole possession of sixth place on the Penguins' all-time uh, regular season win list. It was his 60th career regular season victory. And uh, my favorite stat of the night, Pittsburgh improves to 17-0-0 when leading after two periods this season. Wow. So, you know, they've had some ups and downs. They've, they've had some stretches where they haven't played very well. And they've had some injuries that they've had to deal with, as everybody does. But through all that, when, when they get to the third with a lead, they know how to protect that lead. Batting down the hatches. That's a pretty good stat. You can shorten the game. It bodes well. 11-4 and four since January the 2nd. <laughs> they had that month, Mike. That month you were talking about. January was it, right? Yep. Pressure sometimes makes people perform, you know. Yeah, and they, you know, they looked at the standings. Oh, time to try yeah, now. We got to turn it on now. <laughs> you know, not that they were totally half-assing it before that, but they just there's there's another gear that you have to find, and they found it. That I, I'm really curious to see what Phil Bork has to say. I heard him and Mikey do the second period uh, on the radio. I do the Derek Schooley show on Tuesday nights from seven to eight out in Moon, and I. Usually there's a game I drive home, hear the second period, and then listen to the third. I'm curious to see if Borky thought that's the best they've been all year. That that bounce back from from 0-2 to 5-2. to I thought they were just spectacular. The crowd was crazy. I mean, the flurry chant, great. Video, I thought that was all perfect. At some point, I do think we need to get past it and stop. Jesus, I hope it's now. I mean, <laughs> well, come on. I mean, that I mean, was his first time coming back here. Can 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 he have that night? I mean, put yeah. five on him. <laughs> he, he, he took a little skate to the corner after that fifth goal. We've all, <laughs> yeah. we've all seen that before, yeah. where he's ready to 
lose it. And I, I guess it was after the second period. Uh, I saw some uh, video on the internet. Somebody had him. He, he did the uh, stick throw going into the locker room. Oh, yeah. He used to be famous for that, for just swinging that lumber when things didn't go well and busting everything up at Mellon Arena. Lights and whatnot. Um, yeah, he could have that night. Now, I'd, I'd really like to move on now. If that's okay. Uh, yeah, that's fine. It was. Or do we have to have a seance every time they play Vegas? And He got the kind of seance. ovation that I think Trump imagines he gets everywhere he speaks. <laughs> like it was how long? Five minutes? Yeah, it was long. It was the longest ovation in the history of <laughs> yeah, right. the law. Everybody was cheering. <laughs> Everybody except the treasonous people didn't clap. <laughs> <laughs> that would be me. Yeah. yeah you- That's un-American, Mike. You are not caught up in flurry mania. No, and I, you know, I get people liked them and all that, but I just think it's, uh, it was too much criticism when he was getting that, and it's uh, a little uh, over the top, I think now. But hey, you feel like Matt Murray's just over in their corner and just be like, you know, what's a guy got to do besides win you every Stanley Cup that I've ever played for? Have I'm you in lost? The room. Yeah, have Hello? you lost since I, I can came hear here? You. Right, I'm right here. Uh, no, let, me, let me ask you guys something, to put a little perspective on Flurry. I yeah. keep hearing him referred to as a three-time Stanley Cup winning goaltender. I knew this was going to come up. I mean, is Carson Wentz a Super Bowl winning quarterback? Uh, he has a Super Bowl. He won a Super Bowl. Uh, he has a ring. Is he a Super Bowl winning quarterback? Mm. Well, yeah, I mean. Because the answer is no. Because he hasn't played in a Super Bowl. This is. Uh, well, then why'd you ask the question? Well, because I want to be, <laughs> be cantankerous here because that drive had me a little... Uh, Flustered. Yeah. Well, can take her on. It's, what if about I, if I was in his position, I would be reluctant to call myself uh, when we played the Sharks against the Sharks. I would be like, all right, I didn't really contribute. You guys saw they one. gave him the cup that time. He, it was like it was a grenade. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because he, he contributed last year. Though. He contributed, sure. But I, I don't know. I don't know if there's an official designation. Maybe Madden or somebody knows this stuff. But to me, when you didn't play a minute in the Stanley Cup final in either of the last two finals. I'm not calling you the guy who won the cup. I'm just not. Mm. You got one. Barrasso's got two. Murray's got two. But you uh-huh. look at the Stanley Cup final as just the last seven games. You don't look at it as the entire like six-month process or the, whatever, however long the, the actual playoffs go Again, on. I think he contributed, but I think there's a, there's a designation if you didn't play at all in the final. But see, I, it, the argument for last year with that, but didn't Flurry play more games and he, win more games he won more than, playoff than games Murray? Last so year, I, yeah. I would say that just saying he contributed as an air quote, Type thing is minimizing but the year his before, contribution. The year before, the year before, there's the year no, before he won zero. Yeah, play exactly. Well, just, he lost know. one, didn't he? Yeah, he had his chance to get the job back, and he got beat, and then they went back to Murray. Well, he's gone, and oh, I miss him. The backup goalie. He's the backup goalie. He left. Now he's the starting goalie again. Good. He for wasn't him. always the backup goalie. No, he was not. He was a franchise turning around goalie. He has more wins than any other Penguin goalie yes, by 180 games. Or Guess something. what? No, I hate not, Bruce Springsteen. It's not that many. <laughs> well, it's 100 plus. <laughs> no, it's, Brasso's over 300. Is it? Yeah. Brasso's it. really good. I mean, some stuff happened before Mario, but or before uh, Crosby, I should say. Well, yep. at any rate, he has the most wins. Yeah, most games and most wins. Have I pitched my philosophical reason why everyone's connected to this? Overly philosophical reason. No. 
It's Please that do. I feel like Flurry is sort of in a way represents the passage of time where he really didn't do anything specifically wrong to lose his place, but life just passed him by, and there was a newer, better version of him that came across, and I think everybody kind of identifies More with affordable. that and, and that, feels that bad is, about it. That might be the smartest thing I've ever heard in terms of this discussion. Because it's going to happen to Matt Murray, too. Yeah. There's always... Johnny, come lately. There's a new kid in town. Time catches everybody except Tom Brady. Two years from now, there's going to be a Mr. Thursday that starts jaunting around here, shaking his little, <laughs> shaking his little bum in front of you guys, and I'm going to be replaced. But 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 is this is this really I want a like a, video. a time passed him by thing? I, I mean, it's it's this weird thing where he did lose his job to youth, no question. But like th- that's the thing I always get jammed up about because I'm like he's still pretty young. He's still going to be a goalie for what? At least another five years. Oh, they can play a long time, yeah. But that's what makes people still want to root for him is that there's there's a chance at redemption. Yeah, and and you know if he was completely washed up, you know, and you factor in cheaper, which was part of yeah. it. Yeah, I mean you don't take the cheaper guy just to take the cheaper guy unless you're the Pirates. <laughs> but if the cheaper guy's really good yeah. and he's winning your cups, it's it's a it's a slam dunk. This I guess what's really set me off is I've seen some speculation and heard some. Did they pick the right guy? Did they do the right thing? Wow. They, you know, and that's just, that is an absurd argument. That, that's where I think it's getting disrespectful that's where it to goes, Murray. It, it's just over the top. That's foolishness. It's nonsense. Yeah. You would make the decision they made yeah. every single time, and I think everybody in hockey would make the same decision. It's the way it worked out. It happens. They should leak some information about Murray, or about uh, Flurry that uh, is unbecoming. By the way, speaking of a couple other headlines. Say he was a uh, bad, but like his poodles were mistreated or something. <laughs> yeah. Josh McDaniels isn't going to the Colts after all. Yeah, how about oh, that? Really? He decided uh, no thanks, and Malcolm Butler says he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, said nothing. Pretty adamant about it. I don't know if that, he released a statement. I don't know if that, you know, who do you believe? Uh, is there still more story there, but. Uh, if there's not, there's more story there. All right. Val's got news coming up top of the hour. What do you got, Val? Well, the Patriots fans turned porn to ease their pain after that Super Bowl loss. We'll talk about that coming up. And, and the weather is frightful, but we have a chance for you to escape this and get to the sunny uh, confines of spring training for Major League Baseball. Not for your battle in Buccos. They traded away two of your favorite players. We're sending you to Garrett Cole. Or Andrew McCutcheon spring training, so you can continue rooting them on. Penny McDonald's. Boy, that McDonald's commercial really made me feel the feels. That was uh, that was like an episode of This Is Us. Sans crockpot. Spoiler alert. Uh, I don't even watch the yeah, show. I so. watch that. No, I know, but I know that everybody. You watch was, it, Jeff. Uh, I bailed on it. I made what? the yeah. I made the decision after season one that I don't need that in my life. Too emotional. I have I have enough uh, you know heart attacks and adoptions and deaths and cancer and normal real life that I don't need to sit down eat popcorn and watch another family go through all that. I uh, talked to somebody yesterday. We were both like, "Oh yes, we wept." Uh, on you this wept. past Thursday, yes. I don't know. Uh, you know, I never watch it. I know it has the Pittsburgh uh, connection, Pittsburgh. but uh, the fact that a crockpot killed the main character makes me want to watch the show. Now, if it was a show about crockpots that killed people, well, I would watch it every week. Them. Well, that's... I say good riddance to that character because there are characters in Star Wars that are more believable than Milo Ventimiglia's father portrayal in the 70s. Perfect Do you know ev- any father. father in the 70s that had abs? <laughs> At every stage, yeah. he's ripped. He's just 
crunching and and be like I it got to the point where I was just I mean really Val that's why I turned it off is because <laughs> Va- Vi- Milo Ventimiglia's character was such an unrealistic portrayal of what is possible from a husband slash father that that's just that was enough for me. At any point did he like was there a storyline where he's like all right I'll do that when I come back from the gym or no like. Because no, they never even ripped. showed him doing crunches or push-ups or burpees in his room. Because when you're that ripped, that's your life. That's what you're doing. You are spending, you know, a right. quarter of your day maintaining that. So you got to put it in there. And you're not eating out of a crock pot. So and conversely, it was any- Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, it was. Yeah. Oh. Any any um yeah, maybe you are <laughs> any show that takes place in modern time. If they don't show at least one of the characters stuck in their phone or on Facebook. I'm like, this isn't believable. It's right. not believable. Well, speaking of technology's grasp and grip, stranglehold on us, as it were, Pornhub is taking steps to combat one of the newest affronts to authentic porn. Now, I told you about deep fakes. That's the community on Reddit. Reddit is a cesspool, by the way. When people are like, hey, what's the what is the what's the dark net? I always want to be like, go to Reddit and somewhere in there. Around there. there. Just turn right. That's the on ramp. <laughs> Look for the Zelda right. key, and then I think you unlock the dark web. <laughs> it is for sure the on ramp. Uh, but at any rate, Pornhub. Gets 75 million visitors a day. That's not hits. That's unique visitors per unique. day. Unique. All right. Wow. That is to say there are people who are so dead-brained from having, you know, just porn o- overconsumption that they have to so look at So a quarter at- of the United States every day. The world. Oh, the world. Okay. Uh, Pornhub told this uh, website, Motherboard, it considers the deep fakes, which is the now all-encompassing name, to describe fake porn. They say it is non-consensual porn, and they are going to ban deep fakes videos. Now, what deep fakes are is the technology that somebody developed on Reddit in this community. I think their username was deep fake originally, and it allows you to take a picture, a Photoshop a face, any face, a famous person, or uh, Your neighbor. Yeah. And you put it on a porn video, and all of a sudden, the, that actor or actress has that face. And you can watch that person in a porn. Okay. But is that face always looking at the camera? I <laughs> no don't... No matter what position. <laughs> no, like the, it's like elf yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. It's like a dancing elf. I don't think it's jib-jab. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. Jib-jab-jab. Uh Jibber jabber. No, I think it is actually like, you know, you may have to have a couple of different photos. But at any rate, think about that. That's a scary thing to me is that somebody could put, your, you know, your sister could be on, you know, someone could put your sister, your, you know. Don't bring our sisters your into Your brother, this. your whatever. But so Pornhub says we do not tolerate any non-consensual content on the site. We'll remove all said content as soon as we're made aware of it. Non-consensual content directly violates our terms of service and consists of content such as revenge porn, deep fakes, or anything published without a person's consent or permission. Okay, so what they're worried about is that people are going to make Angelina Jolie porn. And, And because there are so many images available, they'll be able to do it flawlessly. 
Jennifer Lawrence, famous people mm-hmm. with tons of different faces available. You know, you, you can do a Google image search of those people and come up with a pretty good cache of, uh, of imagery to, to manipulate. But the way I look at it is I wouldn't want to do it so much as <laughs> to see, like, you know, somebody that I would like to see in a porn. Yeah, I'd put, naked. like, Big Bird's head on it or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. I might put Bill's. On like a midget porn guy. Why? Right. Why would you do that? <laughs> Something like that. Think of how much fun it could be. All we're thinking about is how awful it could be. Now, th- that's that's because you and Bill have a good relationship. If it turns bad and Bill applies for a job elsewhere and you <laughs> you leak a, a sex tape of Bill, then that's going to be an issue. That's wow. where this is going to be. No idea issue. Crawford was so short. Well, if, if he was on a midget one, we might, he might have uh, plausible deniability. That's but, not me. How weird is it, though, and how creepy is it that the artificial... It, it basically, it like, just morphs the, the, the face. I'm not sure how it does it, but I think it gets more and more... Like, it keeps yeah, I th- running I have the program to, like most I, I can't believe I'm going to say this next sentence, but I have to agree with Pornhub on this one, <laughs> is that I think that that basically amounts to... Uh, at least character defamation, maybe not like I mean they're, they're saying it's non-consensual. Well, it's yeah. not. It's not really real. So, but it's at least uh, it, it's at least some sort of character def- defamation. Now, the thing that you're going to have to worry about though is does that fall under parody law? Like if I put Weird Al Yankovic's face on someone, you know, uh, having a gangbang or something like that, then uh, you know, is that going to fall under? That's a parody, you know, and, and that's protected because they're a if public you're a figure. Public p- person, probably. Yeah. Hey, look, Jeff. Whatever you're into, yeah. you know what I mean. No one's going to judge you. No, but I might think... not be able to upload it to Pornhub. Yeah, I don't know. Without like trying to argue the legal uh, bona fides one way or the other. I guess like... that's true. Pornhub can just be like, just get it off my site. I don't. Uh, I just think it's a really awful thing to do. I mean, this is yeah. You, I mean, to distort r- someone's really image and, and then to put into question whether or not sex tapes exist. So maybe let's say someone has a big grudge against Donald Trump. They can all of a sudden make a P tape video and it looks a lot like it's actually Donald Trump doing it. And then he can deny it and say, nope, deep fake news. I'm surprised <laughs> that with special effects, that's not possible already. It. Well, there's there's some really scary technology that's coming out right now. Like I saw this. Um, there was this tech fair somewhere abroad, and I can't remember where it was, but there was basically a company that was doing Photoshop, but with audio. So they could oh, take yeah. they could take like twenty minutes of you talking and get pretty much every inflection that you have and make you say things that you've never said yeah. before. Here's the like me- a recording. The messed up thing is the deep fakes are coming in so quickly. Because I guess Pornhub's like, you just upload it, and it takes a long time for them to, like, I don't know how big their, their Pornhub is like YouTube for porn. You can just upload stuff. If you search deep fakes, they're all over the place. They can't even keep up with how many deep fakes are being made because it's that easy. It's artificial intelligence. So people are like, there are think of the evil-minded weirdos who are out there right now spending 12 hours a day getting their jollies by making different actresses uh, appear in porn videos. Well, this is just goes back to what's wrong with the internet is the total uh, the human psyche if left unchecked by other humans judging them and shaming them into better correct actions. If you're on Reddit and you find a community of of 
lonely perverts yeah. and like that basically fit and can allow you to explore that uh, depravity, <laughs> then this is this is the problem. It's Black Mirror, Val. This is like an episode of Black Mirror. That's why you can't watch and it. You know, you know what the solution is? Basically, the Pam Anderson approach. You're like, well, if I put a sex tape out, then you can't kill the market. Fake a sex tape. Yeah. Yeah. Kardashians were ahead of the curve on this one. You you just <laughs> troll the deep fake community. Yeah. But That's- what if you could do it for sports? Like you could say to your Make the you could watch a super you could watch the uh, playoff game or the the uh, Patriots game where the ref holds his hands up and keeps the touchdown for for Jesse James or what? Mm-hmm. No, I would put my face on like you know oh yeah LeBron James in high school and just show it to my <laughs> nephew and be like yeah I had a pretty good high school career I got some video <laughs> if you want to check it out. See, I used to, <laughs> in old wrestling video games, used to be able to create a character. And so oh, invariably, yeah. I'd always create myself. And I, you know, I'd be like the strongest person in the game. And looking back on that, I was like, th- that was an unhealthy thing for your ego, is to be living in a fantasy world where you can beat the rock. <laughs> and I don't know what it's saying about my self-esteem, but every time I made that character, I was like, man, this guy sucks. I'm going to go back to being somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> Val's got your news coming up here in just a little bit, Valerie. Yes, Patriots. Speaking of porn, Patriots fans turn to porn to soothe their uh, pain. All right, and uh, Jeff Conkle, Mr. Wednesday, hanging out with us this morning. What do you got coming up? Uh, I got the uh, 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 drinking partners on the seventeenth. That's cool. next uh, next oh, Saturday, nice. and then the uh, casino uh, with uh, the comedian Toure. Bill, I don't know if you know Toure. He's from Mm-mm. Philadelphia. He's a beast. He's stopped by a couple times before. Uh, but that's at the casino on the 22nd. Good deal. Jeff Conkle, everybody. DVE. 26 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Giant Eagle Curbside Express. I'm Val Porter. Allegheny County officials say they broke a record that no one is celebrating. State officials say 652 people died from drug over- overdoses in 2017, and that number could still go higher. Coroner's officials say they're awaiting toxicology reports on another 100 deaths from last year. County officials say last year... 2016, there were 650 overdose deaths. A day after the stock market closed with its largest point drop in history, it did rebound yesterday when the market opened on Tuesday, down another 568 points. It brought fears of a continued drop, but the Dow came back more than 1,000 points yesterday. At its low point on Monday, the Dow dropped more than 1,500 points. The drop has been attributed to concerns inflation is returning after a better-than-expected report on wages. And Donald Trump told the Pentagon's top generals last month he wants a military parade just like the one in france the white house confirmed yesterday such plans are in the works those who attended the meeting on january 18th included defense secretary jim mattis and joint chiefs chairman general joseph dunford jr according to one official who spoke on condition of anonymity he said quote the marching orders were i want a parade like the one in france this is being worked on at the highest levels of the military end quote (laughs) <laughs> now, such a parade would be rare for the U.S. and will be expensive. The cost of sending tanks and other large weapons to Washington, D.C. could cost millions of dollars, and military officials aren't sure how it would be funded. There's 40,000 homeless veterans. Maybe let's spend those millions of dollars on them. Sanctimonious side point. Okay, now uh, the thing I think we should do is, uh, and, and I thought... Uh, little and and hard about this i I think we should have our own parade the same day as he's doing that parade the uh the ode to himself and we have a rock parade and everybody just takes their guitars and their instruments and we and we jam out (laughs) all right 
and we jam out I like this. Uh, Def Leppard's Rock Brigade, but instead of uh, singing Rock Brigade, we sing Rock Parade, and <laughs> we rock him right out of office. All that, right. That's it. He'll, he'll quit. He'll be so embarrassed. That's going to be expensive, though, <laughs> yeah. man. That's going to be several hundred dollars. He does know that Bastille Day is not exactly something that he wants to does he? have happen here. No, he I hasn't. don't think he does. <laughs> I mean, it's about a revolution. I think our president is Francis from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Explain to him. Does he think that that like the Bastille? It, the Bastille was Mar-a-Lago. Okay, <laughs> they stormed it. Uh, I I, just, I think he just wants to have a um, parade to celebrate his greatness. I actually don't think he ever said anything about France. I think that he said, "I want a parade," and everyone's going to go. Everyone in uh, you know his advisors were saying. You can't, because you're going to look like Kim Jong-un. And then he's like, "Some somebody figure out a way to make me not look like the dictators and the author- authoritarians who do this. And someone brought up the, the point of that, well, you know, in France they do Bastille Day. Ah, yeah, no, say it's about that. That one. The St. Paul Pioneer Press reports that. I like, though, by the way, when people are like, a military parade? This is what authoritarians do and dictate. Yeah, no kidding. Did it take this long for you to figure out that this should not have shocked you? Nothing should anymore. He's not a dictator, but he definitely has dictator tendencies. Oh, he, there's like he has dictator envy. <laughs> for sure. He has big time dictator envy. Do you think that's because he is a small dictator? Yeah, because he's a small dictator. So yeah. he's got huge dictator envy. And yeah. He wants to be able that's to do all the things really that dictators yeah. that do. And so, you know, people are bending over. He wants to ro- and whip out him... the big rockets. Yeah. That's, what's, that's what this that's is what really all... all about. Yeah, he wants to pretend. I want my big rocket coming down Pennsylvania <laughs> Avenue. I got a big button. A really big button. It's huge. It Believe me. <laughs> uh, the St. Paul Pioneer Press reports the Minnesota Sports Facilities Authority is investigating the theft of a seat after evidence was posted that one was missing from U.S. Bank Stadium. Sports Authority said by email, We are aware of the video of a fan leaving the stadium with a stadium seat, and our security team is investigating. A photo posted on Reddit shows uh, one missing seat and two others without seatbacks. Barstool Sports tweeted what appears to be an Eagles fan walking off with the stadium seat under a coat. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty incredible. That's pretty cool. You got to have some uh, superhuman strength to just yeah. rip your chair out of the that's drunk moorings. Strength. Another Eagles fan making news for getting a tattoo on his left calf of quarterback Nick Foles holding the Lombardi trophy. This can't be the only Eagles fan getting a tattoo. Teddy Munns is a school teacher in New Jersey, and he already had more than 30 tattoos on his body, but luckily there was a little space left on his leg. He admitted he thinks sports tattoos are pretty cheesy in general, but he's a lifelong Eagles fan, and he said he couldn't resist celebrating the big win with some new ink. I'm going to get a tattoo of the guy eating the horse poop on my calf. One Patriots fan, though, made a bad tattoo decision. After five Super Bowl victories, fans were pretty confident Tom Brady would lead the team to a six, so one diehard fan named Eddie Farini decided to commemorate the sure thing by getting a new tattoo. The 21-year-old college student who already had five Patriots Super Bowl wins inked on his back accepted a dare from his friends and went ahead and got the new tattoo a week before the Super Bowl. When fans found out about his uh, tattoo, they immediately uh, labeled him a jinx. 
He said before the game that if they were to lose, well, he'll just add a Roman numeral next year when they win. Does he have to move to a third world country? Is that how this works? Because that's where the T-shirts go. I'm just curious. (laughs) And the number crunchers at Pornhub have determined the traffic to the site jumped 28% in Boston in the few hours after the game ended. On the other (laughs) hand, Eagles fans not logging in quite as much. Viewership only up 13% around uh, Philly, which is all pretty normal. Traffic to the site usually drops during big sporting events, then spikes after the game is over. And the Super Bowl is an exceptionally big night because it matches up with Pornhub's busiest time of the week, which is Sunday at 11 p.m. That's their busiest time of the week? Yes. Everybody putting themselves to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Getting ready I for can't the week. fall asleep. I know what'll do it. <laughs> Beautiful oh, dream. I, th- I always think, like, do they have a huge staff? And I don't, I mean, no yeah. pun intended, obviously, but like, do they say, like, hey, Sherry, we, we, we need you to come in on Sunday and. You know, you got to work the late shift. That's a, this is a, we're getting a lot of traffic. We can't Big go numbers. down for any reasons. Not when people are up. We got to be up. <laughs> so can everybody just come on in? It is funny to me, though, that more people in Boston are like, wow, oh, the hell with it. Porn. <laughs> well, there's there got to be some good redhead porn on here. They're uh, easing their pain. I don't know. I think you just, wouldn't you be too sad to go at it? No, I guess not. No. A documentary on Saturday Night Live's Gilda Radner is set to open this year's Tribeca Film Festival. Love, Gilda was directed by first-time feature filmmaker Lisa Diapolito and made with the support of Radner's estate. It features Radner's home movies, audio tapes, and diary entries left by the comedian who died from ovarian cancer in 1989. The Tribeca Film Festival opens April 18th and runs through April 29th. I uh, read Martin Short's autobiography. And uh, over the break, over the Christmas break, he dated her for a long time. Really? They they were together. They both did Godspell, that that famous legendary production of Godspell that featured, you know, every modern day comedy legend. Um, and they lived together for like two years, and then when they broke up, and he met his wife, the woman he you know was married to for like 30, 40 years, um. He still lived with her when she was doing SNL and he was going to New York to do stuff. Mm-hmm. He he lived with her and her, his wife was okay with it. She was like, all right, look, you're going to live with Gilda. And Gilda was like, no, no, you have to. No, you're not just going. No, we're not doing this thing where we hate each other. No, you're my friend. And then she seemed it. like a wow. really sweet person. Every. Yeah. He basically the account of her from most people was that she never was secure enough with who she was, even though she was the most talented and beloved person she never never thought she was like pretty enough and never mm-hmm. thought she was worthy and so she had some like weird eating disorder and he, he talked about it like he he really uh um confronted her over that stuff and it was just it unfortunately was what kind of drove her that was the despair that all the comedy came from mm-hmm. but everyone talks about her as, as being like the most delightful person in the world who always had a bunch of bags with her she just had like, you know, she's like a bag lady. She's like, yeah, it reminds me of Sally. Just walks in, there's like three bags. You're like, what are all those? Oh, this is, uh, um, yeah. just. I have some books here and yeah. some toys <laughs> that I found on the street. This I just found on the sidewalk. I'm pastries. Carry this around. Finally, Jim Carrey wants you to unfriend Facebook. 
I, I agree with Jim Carrey. Yesterday he tweeted, I'm dumping my at Facebook stock and deleting my page because Facebook profited from Russian interference in our elections and they're still not doing enough to stop it. I encourage all other investors who care about our future to do the same. He ended the tweet with a hashtag unfriend Facebook. He explained his stance in a longer statement obtained by The Hollywood Reporter saying, For a long time, America enjoyed enjoyed a geographical advantage in the world with oceans on both sides to protect it. Now social media has created cyber bridges over which those who do not have our best interest in mind can cross, and we are allowing it. No wall is going to protect us from that. We must encourage more oversight by the owners of these social media platforms. The easy access has to be more responsibly handled. What we need now are activist investors to send a message that responsible oversight is needed, what the world needs now is capitalism with a conscience. Facebook has admitted more than 120 million people saw ads that Russia bought to influence the 2016 election. Yeah, I mean, I I, I agree with him on for this purpose. You know, the, the, these these tech guys like uh, the guy who uh, founded Twitter and Mark Zuckerberg and all these different people they they want all the benefits of having this huge huge platform but none of the responsibility to to police some of the things that that could be misleading it's it's like no you you have to you have to own up here yeah it's it's unfortunately toxic and and it just plays on the worst instincts of human behavior and that is not that's not their their mission statement i don't believe <laughs> but it's not how they sell it to their stockholders, but it is eventually what it ends up becoming. I, I can't believe the way people depend on it for emotional support. It's crazy yeah. to me. Man. I just never, like, I didn't ever use Facebook to get my news. Like, I, I went on Facebook to keep up with friends and family and, you know, living around the, the country. But I, I never went there for my source of news. My sister uh, told me the other day she deleted hers. I was like, what did it? She was like, I logged on and, you know, there was, you know, some Joanne Bataki posted a sandwich she was eating. And she's like, I haven't seen her since high school. I shouldn't know what she's eating for lunch. Why do I care? And I'm like, yeah, you're right. It is weird. In, in there have been some instances where people have rekindled friendships. Or romances. Oh, definitely romances. Lots of marriages that were on the precipice. Yep. <laughs> Flipped right over when the old ex came swinging by. You know, one vex- one vacation uh, pick- set of pictures from Cozumel. <laughs> right. Can undo a marriage. Uh, snow, sleet, rain, freezing rain through midday today. Temperatures in the mid-30s. It'll get cold tonight, dropping into the teens. It's 25 at DDE. How about flower last night? Oh, yeah, right away in the, the video. He makes the big save, and then the video. Deny Sid from getting 400. The video, the tears, the the flurry chance, and then he gives up six goals, and like <laughs> I thought he was going to get run. He was so pissed it was to the point where i felt bad for him and i didn't want that i did too i I'm was like, like oh, okay ease up a little <laughs> and i actually wondered i was like yeah, they're up five two right now do you think that they'll maybe just take the foot off the pedal nope we gave up a goal immediately and then i remembered oh yeah this is professional hockey but did you really think that he was going to be able to keep reeves and cole <laughs> off the score sheet i those, mean come on those two uh juggernauts he's a great goalie but you know danglers are gonna dangle and the Flurry haters were, were pointing out, yep, this is exactly what Flurry always did. 
I thought it was fun when Gino had the breakaway and Flurry gave him the old poke. Yeah, well, that well, was great. See ya. He was smiling from ear to ear after that. I think they, you know, largely that was not as hard for them on the ice in the context of the game as it was for some fans to watch. I mean, boy, that, the hype, the pomp, the circumstance for that was through the roof. Val, you were talking about the secondary market prices for some of the tickets. Yeah, the cheapest ticket I looked at yesterday was $181. And then add all the emotion of Marc-Andre Fleury's return. Uh, uh, add to it Ryan Chazier mm-hmm. in attendance. How about he stands that? up for the camera. A lot of goosebumps and teary eyes last no night. No doubt about it on a Tuesday night at PPG Paints Arena. That, that video of Ryan Chazier standing up went around the world. I saw that. Bleacher Report, like all of the yeah. sports uh, Twitter handle followers, like I, everybody was putting that out. All right, drive safe. If you're on the roads this morning, they are treacherous and there are cancellations. Basically, the entire town is, <laughs> Everything on, is, shut down. is on a delay or shut down. So if you are making your way into work, drive safe, maintain some distance between vehicles, that whole thing. Uh, and uh, Mike will come in next. He's got your sports we're going to be talking about last night's game. Also, uh, a, a little bit more news post-Super Bowl uh, up in New England there. Things are getting a little little crazy. And Jason Mackey from the Post-Gazette will talk about Flowers' return last night at 7.45 right here on D- DVE Sports. Yep, the DVE Morning Show. Mike Pursuta, the return of Flower last night at PPG Paints Arena. Mike's got your sports now. The return of Mark andre Fleury had the joint jumping last night at PPG Paints mm-hmm. Arena. And in the early going, it was all Mark andre Fleury and the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas had a 2-0 lead uh, as the middle stages of the second period approached. But that's when the Penguins' current goaltender, Matt Murray, put his stamp on the game. Rust working here with Riley Sheehan right now. Late pass. Carlson on a breakaway. Comes to the net. Shoots it. And a save made by Murray. And he jumps out and grabs a rebound and holds on. Oh, my goodness there. The Penguins giving up that breakaway chance to William Carlson, their leading goal scorer. And they put it right into the crest of the period of goaltender Matt Murray. Yeah, Phil Bork's comment uh, to the Hall of Famer Mike Lang at that juncture was, circle that save in case the Penguins come back. A breakaway, you're that close to being down 3 nothing. Instead, uh, Murray held the fort at 2 and the Penguins got going Shortly thereafter, and they wind up with a 5-4 to four victory, uh, uh, a game that was at least as entertaining as it was emotional. Uh, the Penguins finding that gear that makes them special. And then credit Vegas for battling back from 5-2 down in the third uh, and getting uh, a couple of goals to make it 5-4 with eight minutes left and some anxious moments at the uh, in the latter stages of that game. But uh, the Penguins get the W. Uh, the crowd got uh, its chance to honor Mark Andre Fleury, and uh, the Penguins got another win from Matt Murray. Here's head coach Mike Sullivan. I thought I thought both goaltenders did a terrific job. I think it was every bit as emotional for Matt Murray as it was for Flower, and uh, and and so I, I thought both of them handled themselves extremely well as they always do. They're they're two really good pros. They're two really good people. And uh, I thought they did a great job. I mean, it was it was a great tribute to Mark, and he's very deserving of it. And uh, and and so I'm sure it was it was very emotional for him. 
Um, but I also think it was is every bit as emotional for Matt as well. So um, I, I thought they both did a terrific job all night. Yeah, I hadn't thought about how Matt Murray might have felt during the crowd's minutes-long ovation for Marc-Andre Fleury. How about over the last couple, three days? And he's done nothing but uh, speak glowingly about Marc-Andre Fleury in terms of his appreciation for all Fleury did for him. But yeah, that had to be a difficult spot. For sure. Uh, but uh, as as Murray assessed it, uh, however difficult it might have been for him, it was more difficult for Flurry because Flurry was playing against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, I know it can't be easy going against us, especially when uh, you know certain guys are playing the way they are. Um, so to be honest, I don't really want to find out. Uh, <laughs> It's, uh, it's fun to watch on this end, though, for sure. So, um, it's, uh, you know, it's something that becomes normal around here. We have so many good players in this room. I say it all the time. We're, we're all, we all feel so lucky to be part of this team and to watch some of these guys. They're, they're just so special and some of the best, you know, ever to play the game. So um, growing up as a kid, you, you dream of an opportunity to play with guys like this. So it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, they, were, they were just flying in the middle uh Early stages of the third period, especially, they were, they had a gear that I haven't seen in a while. I think Murray took Sid, Gino, and Phil out to dinner the night before, and he goes, "Look, <laughs> it's great. Everyone's happy. Yeah. Do what you need to do tomorrow night." That was something to see. The bouncing back the way they did and uh, putting the pedal down, and boy, they were close to really blowing it out. But credit Vegas for finding a way to. To hang in there, you see why that team's been as, as successful as it has been. But uh, the Penguins' stars were shining. Malkin with a goal and assist, two points, he was even. Kessel, a goal and assist, two points, he was even. Sidney Crosby, two assists, he was plus two. Uh, the Penguins also got goals from Ian Cole and Ryan Reeves and one from Jake Gensel. And Gensel missed a breakaway early. She couldn't couldn't elevate the puck on the backhand. Pittsburgh loses Tom Kuhnhackel and Carter Rowney to injury. Kuhnhackel played only a minute, 48 seconds, and Rowney three minutes and one second. So the uh, the moving parts continue in terms of who's available and who is not. But uh, another win for the Penguins. Uh, they keep rolling at home. They keep rolling since we turned the calendar to uh, 2018. And one of the reasons why, in Sidney Crosby's estimation, was after having played Vegas in Vegas in December, the Pens were ready to play hockey last night yeah it's a little different but I mean you know we're a little bit further into season and um, you know just it's a little different when it's when it's here at home but um, you know I think having one game uh, already probably probably helped a little bit with that kind of thing and once you get out there you're you're trying to win a game and he's doing the same thing so um, yeah I think it was it was an important game but obviously you know with uh with Flower coming in, it, uh, it added a lot of emotion. 30-22-3 are the Penguins, 63 points. That's second in the Metropolitan Division, four behind the Capitals. Uh, but everybody in the division has games in hand on the Pens, so i got to keep the pedal down when they get an opportunity. Their next opportunity will be Friday night in Dallas. Uh, Pens improved last night to 17-0-0 on the season when leading after two periods. That's they, a pretty incredible stat. They can shorten games like that. They're going to be uh, difficult to contend with. Crazy stuff still happening post-Super Bowl in New England. 
Malcolm Butler, says he didn't do anything. Says the butler didn't do it. <laughs> he didn't miss curfews. There were no, none of the stories that were going around the internet, which include him having weed. Uh, none of them were true, he said. So it, It's so curious to me, Rand, the, the last-minute, apparently last-minute nature of the decision. Yeah. Eric Rose said he didn't find out until just before kickoff he was starting. Right. And what kind of effect did that have on the Patriots? If you, if you were going to make this move for football reasons, why would you wait until right before the game to do it? Yeah, you'd figured you'd want to give that guy a little more heads up. Yeah, you had two weeks. So, hey, it's amazing they did as well as they did. Well, I guess they didn't do very well. Um, no, I mean, they punted once. I think they, There was they only one punt in the game. The, yeah. <laughs> it could have been much worse, I guess. But So is, is Belichick trying to protect this kid? Is the kid lying? Was there some form of conduct unbecoming? And Belichick, knowing he's a free agent, he's probably going to go somewhere else. Is he trying to keep that buried just to give him a chance to sign somewhere else? Is is it Belichick just deciding that he's an evil genius and uh, whatever he does, even at the last minute, is going to be the right thing to do? This is a guy that played Aaron Hernandez, Randy Moss. It's not like all of a sudden he has a conscience about somebody's behavior off the field being an issue. I really don't think it was disciplinary. I don't think any of those stories are true. There has to be some weird reason why Belichick decided this this was the right way to go. I can't imagine what it would be. It, I can't either, although it would not be out of character. They play the opponent a lot as opposed to doing what they do in terms of how they use their personnel, how many DBs, how many linebackers, what are they going to blitz, are they going to not blitz. Things. A, a lot of teams kind of try to perfect their own stuff, and you, you obviously change it a little bit week-to-week based on your opponent. But New England is very opponent-specific. That's always been perceived as one of its strengths, that they can figure out whatever it is that you do well and take that away and then go from there. That's part of the Belichick legacy. I mean, if you watch that that documentary, The Two Bills, the first time he was in the playoffs with the Giants, their first Super Bowl, he played a different style of defense in all three of their games. When they played the K-Gun in the Super Bowl, they only rushed two. Totally threw off their whole scheme. They changed their scheme from week to week. I just I have a hard time figuring if you're going to be playing as many DBs as they played, that Butler wouldn't at least be one of them, or that you wouldn't make some serious adjustments at halftime. Because if it was 22-12, it wasn't out of hand, but it wasn't going well. I don't think they're good enough on defense to do that. I mean, imagine just what don't the, have the how it was demoralizing the defense anytime that dude got burned, and they come back on the sidelines like, why is he playing? <laughs> People going up to Butler like, why aren't you playing? It can't be because he caught him with weed. Again, it wouldn't be like all of a sudden he'd be like, no, no, uh, marijuana, the week of the Super Bowl. Um, I don't do the snap. Weed. I mean, he was adamant. He wasn't at any of the parties. He wasn't out doing anything. He's now like, he looks like the crazy chick. He's like, I didn't watch Netflix. I didn't. Uh, I didn't do pay per view anything. I didn't uh, pleasure myself. No, nothing. But, but again, he's got. Le- he had Garrett Blunt on the team for a couple of years. He had Aaron yeah. Hernandez. Oh on no, the yeah, team. they they had Randy Moss on the team. They've picked up those kind of guys, but the the legend has always been that those guys fall in line with Fly straight. Because they want to win. We'll give you more uh, fallout from what happened and how they're freaking out in Boston. Some of the highlights of Boston sports radio talk over the last couple of days. Plus, well, how did how'd that guy from Philly get the seat out of the stadium? 
This is, it's impressive. Is that the greatest story you've heard? Mutant from the Super strength Bowl? and just just a sheer detach, determination. Yeah, is one thing. <laughs> what he got it on a plane? I don't know. You could ship it. <laughs> yeah, ship do you it have back. to check. How that? do you get it? Like you're walking, the, you know, up the steps and out to the concourse. I don't know. You got a seat under your We're arm. Like this, this flight is sold out, sir. But like, now nah, I got my own seat. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. More uh, more uh, Penguin Talk. Jason Mackey going to be joining us after the break. And uh, I want to remind you that uh, right now at DVE.com, you can take the uh, the nutting quiz. It's your chance to fly away to spring training. Uh, not to go see the Buckos, but, you know, they traded away two of your favorite players. We're helping you go continue to root them on. Metro. Jesus. It's the DVE morning show. <laughs> hey, you're on the air. Last night was a, a crazy emotional scene at PPG Paints Arena, and um, Marc-Andre Fleury's return met with just a, a an absolute wave of emotion at every turn. Fans so excited to see a guy they hope to beat. Gave very, him his proper due. His that, that was an incredible ovation. Very rare scenario. Jason Mackey from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette on the line right now. What's up, Jason? How are you? Hey, guys. Good morning. That had to be uh, as unusual a circumstance as uh, we've ever seen in the NHL. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. And I, I think back to, I mean, the ovation I was mean, not. There's I mean, a, there's a handful of guys where they, they've Gretzky had. Gretzky ever go back to Edmonton? I was just going to say Gretzky. Just Listen, I know you hate Marc-Andre Fleury. I don't. But you I, have to get used to the idea that I, a lot of this town loves him. I do so not hate him. every time we him. bring him out, I do not you can't hate just him. start attacking Marc-Andre Fleury. I do not like, hate people him. people love him. You hate that people love him. I know that you don't hate him. But guys, you can't guys, attack have company the idea over. every single time we bring it up. <laughs> this is why. We just keep it in a little context. I'm yeah, getting... You, Gretzky going back to Edmonton was probably bigger than last night. Just the Not the Pittsburghers. Yeah, I, I said it's as unusual as the circumstances we've seen. Like, that's not a rare thing. It's How are you, un- Jason? You doing usual. good? <laughs> <laughs> well, right, let's let's sure. cut no, to the chase. No, if we're, like, literally have him on to talk flurry, let's talk flurry. Yeah. Jason, help me out here, because it, as I've seen this story unfold over the years, <laughs> and I covered his first game, so I've been here the whole time. Great kid, great goalie, had great success. Circumstances conspire that he is not the number one goaltender here anymore. He ends up moving on, uh, makes a lot of money, gets to start again, and is playing for a very successful team. Uh, and it left in his wake is the guy who won the last two Stanley Cups and a juggernaut team that's still rolling. What are what are we crying about? I don't think we're crying, Mike. Although I, I'm I'm stuck on you actually using Wayne Gretzky to de- defend your point. I mean that you you must be jammed up about something at that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you had a bad drive into work. Go, today yeah, too, go so. have lunch with Staggerwald and bitch about the world for three hours today. People oh, love Mark Andre That's a low Fleury. blow. That's a low blow. People. <laughs> why can't they both exist, Mike? Why why can't Flurry be celebrated last night and then today and and for the you know the rest of the season and whatever. Give Matt Murray his due. I think Matt Murray would if he would be celebrating Flurry as much as anybody. I'm not saying we shouldn't celebrate. I just you don't think any of this is a little over the top. Uh, Didn't yeah, you go out to Vegas for three days before the game in December and write about this repeatedly? I did, but they also practiced out there. You know, I mean, you got to okay. take one for the company, or you, you yeah. know, you got to do what your company <laughs> asks, right? Yeah. I think, no, I think I th- great video standing. Oh, I'm all for that. I just think I think some this was gone too far. I think it, this was a big deal, Mike, because he was in that saw. You know that four 
that core group of guys who was the the newest iteration of this championship Penguins team. If if Latang left or Malkin left or Crosby got traded whenever the chips were down, this would be the same kind of thing. Plus, he he's such a good guy. He's likable as a person. He if built he was playgrounds jerk, for the town. Yeah, it, he it, wouldn't be get, if he had the temperament of Tom Barrasso. I don't think he'd be getting this kind he of. He couldn't have adulation. done more to endear himself to the community. I'm not even going to sit here and justify the Penguin fans love Mark Andre Fleury to you right now. Be impartial like you always are, and and don't try to understand fandom. That being said, last night, what is Matt Murray feeling, Jason? Highly emotional. I mean, you know, I it's a tough scenario for Matt. And, and Mike talked to him about this. I've talked to him about this. Like, it's not an easy thing for him to do what he did. You know, he basically came in and took one of the most beloved people in franchise history, came in and took the job. And he did it by doing exactly what he should do. And, like, he will always appreciate Flurry for not hating him while doing it. He treated him like any other goaltender would treat somebody. If anything, he was like above and beyond better than what he should have been. And so you know, Murray was right there with, with everybody else, clapping, applauding Flurry. Um, the I, players were tapping their sticks on the ice. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you could tell even when Matt was talking about it post game, he was a little bit like, you know, choked up and emotional, although he was in one of those moods where he like whispers everything to us. But um, we, all, we all love those. But, mm-hmm. I mean, you could tell just how he talked about it. He he loved Flurry as much as anybody. And I, you know, I know that he didn't walk on water or split the atom or anything like that. But, I, you know, he was, a, he was a pretty good dude. What did you see from the Penguins in terms of that stretch? I can't put my finger on exactly how long it lasted. But, man, they were flying there for a while. Is that as good as they've been since blank? Yeah. No, I mean, we could talk about last game, them flying and, and battling back and being – as good as they've been since blank, or we could talk about this whole month being as good as they've been since blank. Yeah. I mean, that, but that was even me, another level last night, wasn't it? That early oh, third period, that was Globetrotters. Oh, that, that was that was Globe. Yep. The the Malkin and Kessel stuff. I mean, man, what a discussion to have, like whether to play those two apart or separate. But I mean, it, it almost looked like Mike to me that they they just sort of okay, let's let's stop toying with this game and this opponent, and let's do some stuff and get some separation. I mean, it's. It's uncanny what this team's able to do when it cares and is locked in the way it was last night for sure. What was it that has turned the tide for the Penguins? I think the fact that it's not early in the season and they can reasonably care. Uh, <laughs> I don't think anybody from the team's going to actually say that, but you know, this team played what two hundred thirteen games or some ungodly amount of hockey, and you know, I, I feel like they probably woke up on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day or something and said. Yeah, we might want to kick it into gear here, and, and suddenly they have. Boy, what, 10 of 15 since January 1st, something like that. And I mean, they just look like a different team. They look like a team that is intent on proving it is still relevant, and it's very much doing that. Um, I never bought the they were tired excuse. I, I would buy that they were disinterested excuse. I think that's, that has some merit, but they just look like a team that is kind of fighting its way back and has the talent to do it. Down four forwards now, at least as of the end of the game last night. What's the relative health situation as far as you can tell? Yeah, as far as I can tell, not good. Um, you know, I saw Rowney take that puck off the foot, and that, you know, that that's probably one of those things where you go on adrenaline for a little bit, and then it swells up and you can't move. Um, I wouldn't expect him to be back anytime soon. I honestly did not see what happened to Kunakel, but um, I saw Sherry yesterday morning 
he's not far off. Um, you know, Hornquist is still at least another week. So I think what you're, you're going to see Daniel Sprong again. And I, I feel like that's almost like begrudging to Sullivan and the Penguins <laughs> at this point. I think there's kind of doing it through like gnashed teeth, but the kid deserves it. Um, hopefully he plays better than he did last game. And Dominic Simone last night was a hot mess. So I don't know if he's going to be sticking around or if he's going to be heading back to Wilkes-Barre. Probably can't based on bodies, but um, relative health situation is a little bit of a mixed bag. Jason, we're going to do this every time Flurry comes back because I'm in. <laughs> Mike's head's gonna pop off. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. No, I'd like to just. I'd like to go. I'd like to go just follow Vegas around the rest of the year and watch him play. I will say this, Mike: if if the Penguins go out of the playoffs, I can almost guarantee the Post Gazette would send me on the road with Vegas. Without that, a doubt, I like the fact on. that this is lost on him is amazing to me. Do you not think Penguins fans are gonna root for Mark Andre Fleury in the postseason? Should they not make it there? Oh, you are misinterpreting my stance on this. I I, get, I understand. I get that there is emotion about it. Much. I think it is out of context. I think it is over the top. It has, that is my opinion. because you are basing it solely on what he did on the ice and the no, organization's not. response. No, I'm you, not. I'm not. You're not. But take, there are other guys that are good guys too. He's not the only one. Well, when they leave, they'll get that's the right. same. There's going to be a Ryan Reeves video. We have a difference day. of opinion. You guys think he walks on water? I don't. I don't. I think that it, it, the uh, level of appreciation is commensurate with what he has contributed to the town. I think it is overblown. I thought David Perron got stiff last night. <laughs> Where was his video? Good point. Yeah. James Neal, too. Yeah. Or no, didn't Neal get one? I don't remember. Add into the emotion know. of the night that with all this love of Flurry and the return and sort of, you know, Jeff Conkle put it uh, uh, great earlier when he talked about how this really does mark the passage of time as much as anything. And everyone can relate with being sort of priced out and aged out of your job. Um, but add into that all that emotion uh, of celebrating Marc-Andre Flurry. Ryan Chazier stands up and waves to the crowd in the middle of the game. It was, it was a lot to take. <laughs> Mackie was so trending on it uh, for tweeting that video out. Was I really? Yeah, oh, yeah, you were trending. Wow. Oh yeah, dude. Wow. Talk Flurry about getting was, lucky, huh? Flurry came up during the dark days. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's you part know, of that and core group. Just the team just grew so much. They didn't get to stay additionally like they should out of the doldrums. That Shazier stuff was nuts, honestly. So, like from being in the building, everybody was sort of still putting themselves back together after the flurry thing. I'm sorry, Mike. Uh, but then, then the Shazier thing happened. I felt like most of the building was just, like, stunned at what they just saw. You know, the Penguins, I, I don't know if the Penguins knew about that ahead of time. Maybe they didn't or whatever. But, I mean, it just seemed, like, totally out of left field. And then here he is standing. And, like, the emotion of him just trying to do that was, oh, it was just, it, it, in a way, it, it was almost like more special than the flurry thing. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's more than just showing some appreciation for a guy who played here. I mean, it's like a guy I, that nearly didn't walk standing out of his wheelchair for crying out loud. I would have loved to have seen Sid score right away on that one, on Flurry. Like, oh, I thought it was going in, Randy. <laughs> I thought it. We're, so many people were talking, of course Sid's going to get 400 here. He's been stuck on 399 for like a month and a half, despite getting up points. And, you know, it, it just seemed like it was perfect. You know, I thought maybe like game winner or something to put Flurry away after the way that first Vegas game went. But, ah, uh, that inches there. Jason, I got one more for you. Uh, five goals last night, and they were 0 for 5 on the power play. Is that a positive? Yeah, I just – I don't 
see that as I don't, I don't think it's a positive or a negative. I, don't, well, I mean, I guess the five on five play should be seen as a positive. But if you look at it from the power play, I mean, I'm sure not going to worry about one bad night. I mean, those guys right. But it's so, been it's been so good and and so impactful. Is it, it you'd like to see them start to score more on five on five, or just take them how you get them? No, absolutely. I you know what's crazy? I was mentioning that stretch from January first, and they lead the league in five or even strength goals since the since calendar flipped to 2018 like they're actually doing it and you get ryan reeves chipping in with the goal ian cole scoring they'll probably be a healthy scratch next game because of it but <laughs> no, <it's> <laughs> crazy that these guys are, are all of a sudden like they are scoring five on five they're also scoring the power play so they're producing i don't know if they're first or second in goal since january 1st but um, definitely an encouraging sign when you get the fourth line third line chipping in with goals the way they have Jason Mackey from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, from trending on Twitter to the DVE Morning Show. Uh, A wild, emotional ride for you in the last 12 hours. Thanks so much for getting up early to join us, man. This is the high point. Thanks, Yeah, buddy. All right, man. We'll see you. Val's got news coming up next. Well, your office lighting may be making you dumb. We'll talk about that coming up. Phil Bork, 845. Mark Madden. Are people allowed to like him? Mark Madden coming up, 945. Again. We we okay with the the old two-niner? Appreciate the guy, celebrate the guy, it's all good. But a little perspective is all I ask for. The uh, Pittsburgh Polar Plunge coming up Saturday, 24th at Heinz Field. Join me as we freeze. We're freezing for a reason, Val. Special Olympics of Western Pennsylvania benefits. Law enforcement from all over Western PA comes together, and you can put your own team out there on the ice. Uh, It's an all-day affair down in Heinz Field. And it is a blast. Go to specialolympicspa.org to get more info and join me on February 24th at Heinz Field for the Pittsburgh Polar Plunge 2018 uh, edition. Very much looking forward to that. It's an all-day party. Bands, music, libations, food. It's a lot of fun for a great cause. Specialolympicspa.org. How did that guy from Philly get the seat out of the stadium? It's impressive. Is that the greatest story you've heard? Mutant strength. And just just a sheer determination. Yeah, is one thing. <laughs> what he got it on a plane? I don't know. You could ship it. You <laughs> yeah, ship do you it. have to check? How that? do you get it? Like you're walking, the, you know, up the steps and out to the conference. I don't know. You got a seat under your or arm? Like this, this flight is sold out, sir. Like, nah, I got my own seat. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. More craziness happened after the Super Bowl. We'll uh, update you. Gronk got. I mean, this was like out of a movie. Gronk invasion. Gronk got invaded. His house was robbed while he was at the Super Bowl, which is kind of hilarious. The guy's like coming up with the plan. You know what? He's not going to be around because he's going to be at the Super Bowl. I mean, and that is probably the only time that there aren't going to be Gronk brothers and sisters. There's probably a Gronk sister, right? Gronk. Oh, yeah. She's probably like a power lifter. She's a Gronkette. Gronketta. (laughs) <laughs> Her name is Derek. <laughs> it's my sister Derek. And they stole exactly what you think they would steal from a Gronk house. Guns and safes. <laughs> That's all he has. Just, guns just a safes. row of guns and safes. Just coffee tables a safe. <laughs> Everything's a safe. I His house is safe. like one one giant shed oh from God. Commando. That's not a guy I would like to see with a gun. Gronk? He's Something's so, unfair. He's so dopey. I feel like he could hold one of those cannons that they do for reenactments on the wheels. Like he could just take that thing off its wheels and just hold that. 
He just goes like, like deer hunting with a bazooka. <laughs> <laughs> Holds it underhanded. <laughs> I imagine Gronk, you're really he's supposed a guy to put that on your shoulder. Hey, something's stuck in here. Look down the barrel and see what's in there. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's blowing <laughs> it. <laughs> Blew your head off. Gotcha. What a dinghy. Yeah, well. Uh, <laughs> dinghy. He may not play football again. I don't know. They did keep their offensive coordinator, Josh McDaniel. Turn down the Colts. How bad is it for the Colts? They they oh. announce a press conference to announce his hiring, and then he pulls the rug out. Uh-uh. Not go- mm-hmm. uh, I'm not taking the job. And uh, Schefter oh. had this, and I like this. Bob Kraft probably went back to him and like quadrupled his pay. Anything to keep him from going to the Colts, and said like, "You have the job when Belichick's done. I'll pay you more than any other head coach besides Bill in the league." Don't go to the Colts because of Deflategate. He'll never forgive the Colts for Deflategate. And then, oh, Josh McDaniels just being a real Colt tease. I mean, (laughs) pulling out right at the end. And Malcolm Butler says he didn't do anything wrong. He never missed a curfew. There were no violations in protocol. It was not a behavioral thing. It was a huh. a decision Bill Belichick made based on matchups. He did not play the player who played more than anybody else on defense for his team all year <laughs> long in the Super Bowl. Craziness. All right. Uh, Borky, 845. Mark Madden in the 9 o'clock hour. Val's got news for you now. It's up. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. 8 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Mr. Rogers is getting a forever stamp. The U.S. Postal Service planning to dedicate that forever stamp to Fred Rogers next month. He passed away back in 2003. According to the Post-Gazette, the Postmaster General will be at WQED for a party to celebrate the first day it is available. That event is free. Uh, or if you want to watch it, you can do that on the Postal Service Facebook page. Casino mogul Steve Wynn stepping down as CEO and chairman of his company, Wynn Resorts. The move follows a recent Wall Street Journal article that detailed numerous accusations of sexual misconduct against the 76-year-old. Wynn said an avalanche of negative publicity created a situation in which he couldn't continue to lead the company. He has denied the allegations against him. The company's current president, Matt Maddox, is being appointed to the position of CEO. And Nicole Eggert has filed a police report alleging Scott Bayo sexually abused her when she was underage. TMZ says detectives from LAPD's sexual assault uh, division interviewed the actress Tuesday morning at the offices of her attorney, Lisa Bloom. Eggert reportedly told investigators that Bayo started molesting her when she was 14 while they were filming Charles in Charge. TMZ adds that actor Alexander Polinsky, who played Eggert's brother on the show, accompanied her to the interview and told detectives he saw some of the alleged abuse. Bayo denies the allegations. His rep tells TMZ, we've been demanding since last year that Nicole Eggert bring her story to authorities. It's good that she finally has, even if it's part of a publicity campaign. Perhaps she can explain to them her ever-changing story. Bayo has admitted to being seduced by Eggert when she was 18. Uh, but they only worked on the show together till they were 17. Or she was 17, rather. Well, I guess he claims it was a hookup after that. So... Isn't there some sort of statute of limitations invoked at some point? Yes, but I don't know what it is. I'm just wondering. I don't know if it's different if, by state or if it's a federal. I guess the 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 witness thing is the new wrinkle there. Yeah. I mean, if mm-hmm. they're because absent of a witness, it's a he said 
mm-hmm. he said, she said scenario. And I'm not sure what it does other than maybe establish going forward if he were to ever be charged again that there had been a previous complaint filed. Because I, I don't know that they anything would be actionable if there was no evidence yeah. uh, to it. Now, I'm not saying well, she should have done it. I'm just I'm wondering what happens now. But the witness, if there was one witness, were there more? There might be more. I hope what comes out of all of this is that women feel empowered to come forward right away. Mm-hmm. Because sure as time goes on, you know, I mean, and, and again, the power structure was completely different four decades ago, three decades Two ago, decades when a ago. lot of these guys were a decade doing ago. their abusing. Right. You, Just a very short time ago. Did you ever watch like a TV show? Not like Mad Men, which is like supposed to highlight the sort of, you know, um, misogyny. Yeah, misogyny, like which was inherent in the workplace for for a long time. But like marginalization. Yeah. When you watch like 80s TV shows and stuff, just like how in just that relative short period of time. Yeah. Like attitudes. Even like some of the plot lines of some of the uh, uh, television shows right now would be unthinkable. You just wouldn't do them at all. And I'm not talking about all in the family, which has stuff which is just was so controversial. It was amazing they got it on the air back then. Mm-hmm. We don't have the ability to deal with it now. We're, we're, there's too many of us. There's too many voices yelling now. <laughs> but uh, sometimes, because I know that millennials were looking like there was reports of them watching like Friends on Netflix, and they were very upset at the depiction of the dynamic of the sexes. For what reason? Because it was like sexist. Really? Yeah. And if you watch The Office, they were getting upset about like how things in The Office were portrayed, which the whole point of The Office was supposed to highlight how inappropriate Michael Scott was mm-hmm. uh, in The Office, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and pe- hilarious. It, it's so funny. <laughs> but when you watch it, you're like, oh, my God, like it almost the joke wouldn't work now because it's so out of bounds that someone would, to Bill's earlier point, be empowered to be like, uh-uh. That's not okay. I'm reporting that. The lighting in your office might be making you dumb. Researchers at Michigan State University just did a study that looked at how lighting affects our ability to learn and remember things. They exposed rats to two different types of lighting. One designed to mimic the kind of lighting that's in most offices. The other was more like daylight. So it was much brighter. And after just one month, the rats that were exposed to the office style lighting lost about 30% of the capacity of their hippocampus, which is the part of the brain associated with memory and learning. It literally changed the structure of their brain, but Mm. the good news is it is reversible. Researchers exposed the same rats to to the bright light for another month and their brains fully recovered. Now, your company probably doesn't care enough to change the lighting in your office, but I guess maybe you have to get one of those lamps with a bulb that mimics sunlight. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you who's going to be thrilled about that study or at least feel validated is Todd Glass. Todd Glass has this, this obsession with lighting to the point where he came for the, the Pittsburgh Comedy Festival a couple of years ago, and I open for him and i'm on stage doing my set and i see in the back of the room he's on a stepladder unscrewing light bulbs from sconces it's like the lighting is to is 
is too much in here. I've got to change the lighting. I got he was putting candles out around the room. Really? I swear to God. Getting the right club vibe. And if you see his new special, which is absolutely hilarious. It's very funny. He talks about lighting like he has a ten minute chunk on how your house is too bright. The lighting is not great. Well, Mike was just talking about how this studio we're in now is so exponentially better than the last one we were in. And a big part of it is the lighting. We were just sitting under these yeah. fluorescent lights in oh, that old studio. We had like pizza shop lights. Yeah. It was a pizza <laughs> shop. They were also. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, <laughs> oh, God, I feel so ugly in here. I never thought about that. They I mean, I know I'm ugly, but come on. Uh, are you one of those people who think meditation makes you a better person? You would be wrong, in some ways anyway. A new study out of England found meditating did not make people more compassionate, less aggressive, or less prejudiced. They did find there were some benefits, however. It can lower stress, it can help with depression and improve your overall health, but will it, will it make you a better human being? No, it won't. Then aren't you kind of doing it wrong? No, they say it doesn't matter. It can reduce your stress, which might make you more compassionate, I would think. But Yeah. If you're not so stressed out, maybe you care about somebody else. Yeah. So if Hitler meditated, <laughs> he wouldn't have all of a sudden no. been like, you know what? It's our comp. <laughs> this story out of Florida, Stephen and Jamie Schultz recently pulled over after their car was spotted weaving back and forth over a solid yellow line as one deputy wrote up a citation and checked their licenses. Another called for backup, including a canine unit, which caught a scent of cocaine that prompted a search of the vehicle. According to the police report, the couple was then put in the back of a patrol car and a recording device caught them discussing a good hiding place for the drugs and decided Jamie's lady parts would be the best place. A uh, female officer did find a baggie of coke during a uh, physical exam at the station. Those are not lady Doritos. That's <laughs> something else. Totally different. Uh. The 2018 Songwriters Hall of Fame class is headed up by John Mellencamp, uh, Mellencamp and also includes <laughs> Cool and the Gang. Officials with the Songwriters Hall made the announcement yesterday that Mellencamp and Cool and the Gang, along with Alan Jackson and Jermaine Dupree, will be inducted at its June 14th ceremony in L.A. Songwriters are eligible for induction after writing hit songs for at least 20 years. Mellencamp inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame back in 2008. Didn't we learn this, though, when... When they came on tour with Van Halen, it's really cool in a guy. It's not, the gang is no longer together. Cool in the gang. The new gang. <laughs> Snow, sleet, rain, freezing rain through midday today. Mid-30s for the high. It'll drop into the teens overnight. It's 28 at DVE. We are cool in the Greg. I'm cool. <laughs> that's, that's Greg. Still pretty good, though. Sure. I mean. Oh, yeah, they were great. They have way more hits than anybody remembers. Yes, they do. I think everyone thinks they just had Celebrate, but they had like nine huge Just hits. probably my least favorite, and I blame that on weddings. I know, yeah. but I, I was listening to, to a recording of that the other day, uh, like last week. I don't remember what it was on. It is an awesome recorded song. Like the actual components of the song Celebrate, you know, you don't, it's one of those songs, it's just you don't even hear it anymore. When, when it's on, it's not like... You think about it. Mm -hmm. It just is. But if you actually listen to the production on it, it's like a badass song. It is so well done. When was that David Lee show here um, where he showed videos of his dogs? It was probably 
at least five years ago. Okay. I, 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 I don't know what the configuration of Cool and the Gang was then as opposed to the originals, but I know they, they were tremendous as the first act. Borky's going to be joining us 845, and uh, also Mark Madden next hour. The uh, 2018, the eighth annual Shear the Beard coming up. Very much looking forward to this, and uh, you can go to dve.com to get tickets for the event, which takes place next Friday, the 16th. Borky's getting sheared. Borky is getting sheared. We'll uh, we'll have him on the show here at 845, talk a little bit more about it then. Get your tickets now at dve.com. I know they're getting thin. Getting getting low ticket count warnings uh, mm-hmm. on the Shear the Beard. So jump on it. The 8th annual Brett the Diesel Kiesel, Shear the annual. Beard, eighth. for Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh. Annual. It, somehow <laughs> it keeps getting bigger. Which is pretty remarkable. Last year was a lot of fun. Yeah. And this year it's on a Friday, so on a Friday before a holiday weekend. Oh, man. So, and they added a beard. But what I'm saying by that is he invites a lot of his old buddies back into town for this. And maybe he was able to coerce a few of them like, hey, it's a long holiday weekend. Come on in and let's party, you know. James Harrison's showing up? That's what I'm wondering. Oh, man. What if he came and shaved know. the Patriots jersey off of himself somehow? <laughs> he came in still with the sad confetti on his shoulders. Or he brings Tom Brady in a headlock and shaves him. <laughs> <laughs> no, that'd be great. Mike, it's almost Valentine's Day. It is, Randall. And as you well know, it's important to get the right gift on Valentine's Day. And it's important to remember, presentation matters. If you've ordered from Pro Flowers, you know what I'm talking about. When that green and white box arrives, she'll know what's inside. She'll be filled with anticipation, a Christmas in February type of excitement. And the first thing she'll see when she opens the box up is a card that reads, Someone is thinking about you. My wife never gets tired of that on Valentine's Day. By now, she counts on it. That's the appetizer. The main course is a a one-of-a-kind, two-gifts-in-one combo from Pro Flowers and Sherry's Berries. Today only, you can get one dozen red roses and dipped gourmet strawberries in that beautiful, specially designed gift box for just $49.99. That's the perfectly paired collection. Beautiful bouquets and decadent treats. Flowers from Pro Flowers and berries from Sherry's Berries in one perfect box. One that will keep your flowers fresh. And your berries cold. Today only for $49.99. She'll love it. You'll love it. And delivery is guaranteed on the date of your choosing. Satisfaction is always number one on your money back. Visit Pro Flowers today and avoid a potential Valentine's disaster. Think inside the box this Valentine's Day. Order today from ProFlowers.com. DVE Sports. Mike, pursue it with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Quite a scene at the arena last night. It was Mark andre Flory's night last night at the PPG Paints Arena, but as it turned out, Matt Murray made what turned out to be the save of the night. Rust working here with Wiley Sheehan right now. Late pass, Carlson on a breakaway. Comes to the net, shoots it, and a save made by Murray. And he jumps out and grabs a rebound and holds on. Oh my goodness there, the Penguins giving up that breakaway chance to William Carlson, their leading goal scorer. And he put it right into the crest that appeared of Goaltender Matt Murray. And that kept it at 2 to nothing. Vegas uh, in the early stages of the second period. That save coming uh, with just over seven minutes having been played in the second period. And uh, rather than fall behind 3 nothing, uh, the Penguins got going uh, down 2. They got goals in succession from Ryan Reeves, his third. Ian Cole, his third. Jake Gensel, his 16th. Evgeny Malkin, his 30th. And... Last but certainly not least, Phil Kessel's 24th. Brings it back to the Penguins' own. Oxiak defensively for Pittsburgh to Malkin. 
Great pass to Hagelin. Left side to Kessel. Shoots it off a stick. Hagelin gets to the puck. Goes to Malkin. To Kessel. He shoots and scores. Phil Kessel. A magnificent passing play. Hagelin. Malkin. Kessel. In tight. Bye-bye, baby. 5-2 Pittsburgh mm-hmm. here in the third. Yeah, five goals in a 14-minute and 12-second span for the Penguins uh, starting in the second period and stretching into the third. That allows them to wipe out the 2-0 Vegas lead and then uh, survive two third-period goals in response by Vegas. Penguins win it 5-4. to uh, Marc-Andre Fleury takes the loss. He gave up five goals on 38 shots. Matt Murray uh, beaten four times on 25 shots. As the Penguins win for the 11th time in 15 January games, and part of that 11 and four record, they have not lost back-to-back games in the new year. And they uh, exited 2017 on a two-game losing streak, then beat the Flyers January the second in Philadelphia. Since then, they have not lost back-to-back games. Their most recent action had been a loss in Jersey on Saturday night, so they've got that going. Uh, they've got their five-on-five game going. The power play was 0 for 5 last night, but that has been performing at an historic rate. And uh, as I mentioned, they even got a goal from Ian Cole last mm-hmm. night. He's been in the lineup. He's played five consecutive games after sitting for seven. And in those five games, uh, Mike Sullivan said last night the Penguins have noticed an uptick in Cole's play. Uh, yes, we have. And and that's why we made the lineup decisions the way we have. I think... Uh, you know, Colsey's a real solid player when he plays with himself, when he's uh, when he's got a little bit of edge to his game, when he keeps his decision-making with the puck uh, simple and smart and calculated. I think Colsey can be a very effective defenseman for us and has been for for a number of, uh, you know, for, for a number of years here. So, um, you know, we think his game has, uh, has been very good since he's been back in the lineup, and that's why he's in the lineup. That's been a little curious. He's been benched twice now this year. Really strange. And it's a guy a lot of people I definitely perceive to be uh, one of their core guys and a guy who really had a lot to do with them winning those two Stanley Cups the last two years. On the other side of that equation, hard to argue with Mike Sullivan's decision-making, right? At least till they go through a playoff run that doesn't end with a parade. Huh. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's earned that. And is you know is Cole showing him right now that he should have been in the lineup all along, or is he playing well because he wasn't in the lineup and they got his attention? Maybe Sullivan found him smoking pot with Malcolm Butler. <laughs> <laughs> well, Malcolm That's Butler it. says he didn't do uh, anything, no, no conduct unbecoming. He apologized for using the F word in uh, the post game. I would have used the F word too if I got benched for no reason. And my for team the lost. Super Bowl. Probably because I wasn't in there. Bill Belichick had said that it was not discipline. It was uh, best interest of the football team decision not to play him one defensive snap when his defense got undressed by Philadelphia. A lot of people thought, no, it's got to be something nefarious. Well, Butler says he didn't do anything wrong. So if that is in fact the case, if it was a football decision, how much crap does Bill Belichick take going forward for that football decision? Hopefully a ton. Josh Dan- Josh McDaniels made a decision yesterday as well. He decided to tell the Indianapolis Colts, thanks, but no thanks. Cap- get- Captain Andrew Luck was distraught on Twitter. Oh, I'm sure. 
Well, that leads you to start to speculate. Did he do it because he found out something about luck? Did uh, Robert Kraft step in and yeah. just screw the Colts because of Deflategate? Uh, was he or promised it, or the job because Belichick's leaving? There you go. There's your three uh, possibilities. Something wrong with luck long term still? A boatload of money because Kraft just wanted to screw Indianapolis because mm. he's still upset over Deflategate? And the Colts' participation in that? Or is Bill Belichick not long for New England? I think... uh, As many have speculated. I think two of those things are true. I'm not sure that the luck thing has much merit. Um, Other than it's possible that that Jim Irsay has completely mismanaged that entire injury. But Captain Andrew was probably like, My dearest Clementine, my testicles are the darkest shade of blue. (laughs) <laughs> he's been saying his sidearm's fine and he's ready to fire it Phil Bork talking uh, about <laughs> last night's game coming up here uh, momentarily the old 2-9er you know they're doing a Clemente movie are they? Yeah, like a scripted? yeah Document? biopic can't wait announced yesterday uh, and Ezra Edelman is going to be doing it he was the guy who was in charge of ESPN's O.J. Made in America. Oh, that was really good. Yeah. Now he's doing a feature film about the life of legendary Pittsburgh Pirate star Roberto Clemente. He did 42, right? Didn't he also do that movie? Oh, did he? Okay. The the Jackie Robinson movie? You know what he did? Yeah, all right. Yeah. So it says the this is the same studio that did 42, legendary, which is Thomas Tull, as we know. Didn't he sell it? Oh, did he? I don't know. I mean, he moved to Pittsburgh. I which, thought he. I thought he sold the movie stuff. But. He sold his sixty-three million dollar mansion in Los Angeles, and then used that sixty-three million dollars to buy a townhouse on Butler Street in Lawrenceville. It's about what it costs now. Probably made a little bit on yeah. the turnaround. Yeah, things are things are really. Uh, look at this guy. Still the waterfront, right? Yeah. So the Clemente movie. Look for that in the next uh, year and a half or so. That's pretty cool. Forty-two is very good. I liked 42 a great I did, deal. I did, too. Although the soundtrack didn't really sync up with the historic. Because like, nah, I don't think Jay-Z was was around during the civil now, rights. <laughs> I know. Did you ever see Peaky Blinders, uh, uh, which is basically a mob movie about the 1900s, like, the, like an English mob? They use like Royal Blood and um, Black Keys and Queens of the Stone Age. So you know, like- the coolest use of that was the remake of Great Gatsby. Yeah, when they used all the modern music. That was pretty cool. That was, uh, who did that? Not Gus Van Zandt. No, but the filmmaker. Oh. It was the guy, oh, what the hell's his name? Val, what the hell's his name? He did Moulin Rouge. Oh. Uh, oh. He did uh, the Netflix. Big Fish. Netflix show about, no, no, we're thinking of two different people. Oh. Oh, uh, yes, <laughs> you're talking about the director. Yes. <laughs> You guys are hilarious. So We're just like having my aunt and uncle. Yeah, Baz Lerman. Who was it that was in the thing Baz with the Lerman. guy? Baz Lerman. Me and Val are your aunt and uncle at dinner. Who did the thing with the huh? Who was he? The, he the guy. Glasses. You know, the director. Val, where, did I, where did I leave my, uh, the, you know what? Moulin Rouge. He did Moulin Rouge. <laughs> now what now? It is the DVE morning show. And uh, uh, Joe, I need the, I need the theme song. You got to give me the uh, the old two nine. I can't yeah. start this without the theme song. Yeah, um, and it's my fault. I think I I, I, uh, I blew that out of there a couple days ago. 
to make room for uh, something else. But so we need that on. I can't even talk to him until we get it. Um, want to remind a lot you, of pressure on Joe. Yeah, this is this, this is, is not first, fair. This is not his fair first, to Joe. Uh, hey, no. Wednesday on his own. Are you going to be able to do it? You think you can get it, Joe? Oh yeah, he's confident. That was a, that was. A, I got it. I got I it. I got this. That's what that was. All right. Well, we're putting the kid. You know, pressure on the kid. Old two niner uh, here right now. Phil Bork <laughs> from the <laughs> Pittsburgh Penguin Radio Network, where he broadcasts on our brother station one hundred five nine the X, alongside Hockey Hall of Famer Mike Lang. And uh, well, I don't feel comfortable starting this until I hear the song. And uh, getting to the point where I'm going to have to do it. Just going to have to play Right it. up at the edge here. Yeah, we really are. Did you get it? You can't find it? I'll find it. Val? Why don't you talk? And I don't walk. know how this is going to be good hockey talk. I mean, we this is awkward. <laughs> can't serve the dinner cold. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. It's time, once again, for Hockey Talk. There it is. This is going to rock. There's no one finer than He's up in his fifth. Yeah. Sitting in his seat. He earned it this time. Raging. Yeah, the old two-niner, uh, Phil Bork, is here. And, uh... The new two niner. Wow. Last night. Well, he's like the uh little two niner. Little two niner. The yeah. estranged two niner. The newer two niner. <laughs> uh <laughs> who else gets that? Big guy, wow. Sid. Yeah. Well I well, obviously the big guy never left and went anyplace else. Right. I don't think Sid's going anywhere. You right. know, I was I was thinking about this because you think of all the amazing athletes we've had. Come down the old turnpike here to our sleepy little town in southwestern Pennsylvania. Hall of Famers, baseball, football, hockey. And I was kind of racking my brain. I'm thinking, what other athlete would go to another team first time back, whether it's PNC Park, whether it's Heinz Field, and have that kind of reception? I was thinking maybe Troy? Troy. Palomalu? Yeah. I actually think you might see it this season in baseball when Kutch comes back. Wow. Well, they may not uh, put yeah. – <laughs> they may not remind people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but the scenario – Oh, is that where he went? We didn't know. But the scenario is different, you know. Like, it. I, we watched this happen. And also, there's something the, the propensity of the athletes of this town to fall in love with it. Yeah. And how many of your – former teammates moved back to, moved to Pittsburgh. We're never right. from here. They played here and after their professional career they're like, "Yeah, I want to live in Pittsburgh." Well, yeah, it's one thing for an athlete to fall in love with a city and then come back for a a job, a second career. It's another level where the city falls that much in love with that athlete. So it's reciprocated 100% both ways. And that's what you have with Mark Andre Fleury. Uh, you've heard me say this before that you can truly judge the character of a person and the way they treat people who can do nothing for them. Well, Mark Arnie Fleury mm-hmm. was that guy. He always, always made time. I'll give you a quick story. Uh, Shelly Anderson writes yeah. for the Post-Gazette. This is a few years back. Uh, and, and the flower was going through a tough time. And Shelly asked a question that uh, kind of, you kind of were like, ooh, that's, that's a little touchy right there. And the flower, one time, 
he kind of went back at Shelly and he kind of gave her that look like, no, oh, that's, I, I don't like that question. And his answer was kind of short and clipped. And, right. Um, the scrum ended. Everybody kind of moved away and, and maybe Sid was talking later on and Shelly was kind of leaving the, the scrum. And uh, I, I watched the flower and you could tell he was just kind of, I don't know if he was bothered by that question or not, but then he got up and he pulled Shelly Anderson aside and he said, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm really sorry. I, I shouldn't have given you an answer like that. I, I hope you forgive me. And I was like, what? Are you Wow. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Do you know, like, uh, she tweeted uh, two days ago, or maybe it was yesterday, that she was trying to ask him a question in the scrum, and he was like, Shelly, I hear you, but I cannot see you. <laughs> He's like, oh, you have to step up. <laughs> just, a, just a sweetheart of a guy, and then the way he can play the goaltender position is just so unique that um, I thought it was great what happened last night. Yeah, he achieved like this uh, the duality of beloved athlete and sort of Harry Carey-esque mascot, a guy whose personality was so much bigger than what he did on the ice that he was right. beloved for, for many different reasons that you know we've been enumerating all morning. But in terms of X's and O's last night, boy, uh, the Penguins all of a sudden seem to be really turning it on. Especially I mean, on home ice. Man. Giddy up. <laughs> yeah. Man, they are scoring in bushelfuls, and they're creating a lot of offense off of strong defense. That's what I love. They're not cheating the game. They're not playing, uh, you know, uh, fire wagon hockey. Just, I mean, last night was a little bit of changing, uh, trading chances back and forth. I didn't think so much it was about the defensive breakdowns. I just thought we yeah. had a ton of great <laughs> offensive players on the ice that just led to great chances. Well, that was the one. If there was one thing that was a little kind of, mm, it was the fact that when we went up and got that, uh, was it five? Two five two correct. Uh, right there, you thought like, all right, put the hammer down, and it's yeah. done. And then they give up one right away. Well, Mike and I looked at each other. It was about ten and a half minutes, and we both thought the same thing. We said it on the air. A lot of time left. Lot, and this team like has been coming back right? and coming back yeah. off the mat so many times. You knew they weren't just going to go away, right. and sure enough, they got two and made it five four. And then it was a scramble to the finish line. Yeah, then it was like it was just a sprint. Yeah, I thought they maybe should have showed the tribute video again. <laughs> Because that's how, that's what prompted the first run. <laughs> you know, if they get goals from Reeves and Cole, yeah. they're going to be in really good shape. Absolutely, and that's that's what put this team over the top the last two seasons. Is certain moments of games where it wasn't Sid, it wasn't Gino, it wasn't Phil, it was somebody else. Whether it was Nick Benino, whether it was Matt Cullen, whether it was Chris Kunitz, those guys are gone. We need other guys to step up, and when you get a goal. From uh, uh, Ryan Reeves and and uh, Revo sniped that one over the left pad of the flower, <laughs> and then uh, I guess who loves playing against Vegas? Ian Cole, yeah. two games, <laughs> two. two goals. <laughs> yeah, the bearded one, he sniped that one too. So that's that's definitely a recipe for success. He probably just loves playing, doesn't he? Yeah, at this point, yeah, absolutely he does. Yeah, he I in mean, the lineup for good now. <laughs> What's for good? It's you know, I, I mean, it's it's good to be on edge. I I mean, I've been in that situation where I've been a healthy scratch, and you and you start scratching your head when you're a healthy scratch. When are you going to get back in there again? So, you know, maybe you know, it was a good thing for him a couple of years ago when he was a healthy scratch for a whole month. I didn't think his play had fallen off that much, but it is what it is. So they say so many times in sports, and he he's a better player for it now. So Mike touched on this earlier, how difficult it must have been. For Matt Murray, having gone through basically a two-year love fest yeah. goodbye from a city to uh, to a beloved player, he endures the first reunion. 
right after he loses his dad. Yeah. Now, I'm sure his dad played a big part in helping him deal emotionally with how hard it was for him to be the guy replacing Flurry in, in the first place. So that had to be doubly tough for him last night. Yeah, not many people were talking about, everybody was talking about the Vegas Golden Knights, which they should because it's a great story, and the flower coming back. But not many people talked about Matt Murray and how he was going through so much. And you're right, losing his dad recently um, and then... Uh, you know this night, this night, last night, and now the Penguins are leaving on a road trip tomorrow, and it's their their dad's trip. So that's going to be uh, a tough one too. Um, you know, I, he hasn't talked much about it, but it's going to be interesting how he kind of absorbs all that, watching all the other players with their dads on this trip. His dad has been on this trip before, uh, but he's so mature for twenty three years of age that uh, he he just found a balance. He didn't he didn't shy away from it. He went up to Flower. Uh, and warm up, tapped him on the pads again, and they had that short little conversation. And uh, if Matt Murray doesn't stop uh, Carlson there <laughs> on that breakaway when it was two nothing, we're not talking about a Penguins victory. Right. If, if Vegas goes goes up three nothing, I mean the Penguins have come back from three nothing before, but uh, I don't know about at that moment, at that juncture of the game, that save right there turned everything. The old two niner, Phil Bork, you're going to get sheared. Next Ooh, Friday yeah. night, that that uh, voluminous beard, that uh, what's the, what's the word you just used? Voluminous. I, I, I that was the wrong word. I mean, there's a lot of hairs well, in it. It's, it's a dense volume. Yeah, voluminous. Yeah, it's tremendous vocabulary. <laughs> My God, you are so talented. No, no, I'm not. I, it was the wrong <laughs> word. But <laughs> but you know, uh, her suit fella as you are. That's all coming down now. Yeah. I mean, you, so. You, you go beardless right yeah, after this. Down to the woods. For a good cause, it should be noted. Absolutely. Brett Kiesel's Shear the Beard. There's going to be a couple beard cheered, and yours will be one of them, all in the name of raising money for Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh's cancer programs. February 16th, so what, we have nine days left? Yeah. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm getting a little nervous because I have, an, I have a very intimate attachment to this furry fellow on my face. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be very weird to have it shaved in front of a group of people mm-hmm. but you're right it's it's all for the kids it's all for children's hospital hospital what a great cause and uh i'm just i'm just i'm humbled and honored to be a part of the beard the diesel for what he's doing his his beard is oh it is it's the gronk of beards <laughs> <laughs> to have your beard associated with his beard is to be associated with greatness so you got to be happy about no that. and you can only imagine where I, I mean i saw him a few months ago and it was What's the word again? Well, voluminous. Voluminous. Yeah, yeah it was multi-voluminous. Yeah. And it just, yeah, it, it was, it just had a life of its own. Dense. It, oh, there's d- birds density. living in that thing. Oh, man. <laughs> and that was a few months ago. And he, you know, he, he's been texting me and calling me, I hope you're not trimming that thing. I hope you're letting it go. I'm, I'm in full bloom also, but. I got like the kitty beard compared to his. So, are you going to uh, keep the beard after it's shaved? Are you thinking about Here, putting it here's on the, the mantle? Thing. Here's the thing: the day after I get sheared on the 16th, I will start growing the beard again for the playoffs. Yeah, you, for the three P. Now, I seem to remember maybe it was two years ago you started growing it late, yeah. and and you by the end, you yeah, had a, yeah pretty yeah, solid beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so it's <laughs> been it's been a couple years now, and obviously I've I've trimmed mine a little bit. Mm. Maybe a little color in there, but uh, sure. for the most part, I've just <laughs> been just been uh, you know the maintenance and the and the yeah. the oils and everything else. The oils, uh, but but now full bloom, and that's as soon as the seventeenth. I'm just gonna let it fully go 
for the playoffs. Here's, Are you? Do you have anything planned for the beard? You know, leading up to it, any glamour like a shots? Lift. A nice, a nice quiet dinner. You know, do some things with the beard before I, you. I should have. I should have out. a uh, yeah. a moment. Yeah, yeah. some uh, mm-hmm. us time together. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Take the beard out for appreciation night. Nice walk. Beard appreciation night. I think what you should do is you have the uh, the sport clips, folks. Mm-hmm. When 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 the beard's getting sheared, uh, you, you put it into a bag. You take it home. You start to make a pillow out of it, and then every year. <laughs> so I probably take Porky's a, voluminous head pillow. Come it'll on, take you a couple of years, and you'll have a Sell beard a beard pillow. I mean, think how nice it would be to come home from a long road trip and uh, rest your head on your beard. Yeah, I can give that guy the, that does the infomercials the my pillow guy a run for his money. That's right. Screw yeah. that guy. <laughs> Borky's beard pillow. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a few people have had that before. Uh, <laughs> let me introduce you to Borky's Beard Pillow. All right, You'll so, be up at four in the morning. I'll be on some infomercial. Uh, <laughs> they got just shepherds coming in. and Shaking one of those long sticks. Oh, man. Well, uh, glad to uh, uh, have you aboard for that one once again. I'll see you there. I'll be emceeing the uh, awesome. Share the Beard festivities next Friday, the 16th, at Jurgles. Jurgles.com. DVE.com. Get your tickets. You know what I feel like they should do? I feel like after they shear their beards, they should be able to give you their beard. Yeah, I would love that. If you could transplant the beard to me, I would be yeah. so happy. Oh. I wish I could grow a beard. I would have me the too. biggest beard. Yeah, you, I would have you, a Rick Rubin can't beard. Do it. Yeah, you are just not given that uh, no. that gift. No, I know. No. I can do a lot of things. That is not one of them. Actually, I can only do a couple of things, but that is definitely not uh, one of them. Mike, you've had you the beard before. Beard, yeah. yeah, I just it, it starts getting itchy on me. Yeah, real no, fast, you have to I, you have to battle through that. I, yeah, I hate shaving, but I like I'll go once a week. Right. <sighs> For guys like us, we're living vicariously through your beard. Well, so. hope to live up to your expectations. Enjoy it, uh, Borky. The old two-nighter. You can hear him alongside Hockey Hall of Famer Mike Lang. When are you guys on next? It's a Thursday? Friday. Friday. In Dallas. Oh, going down to Dallas. Big rig going home. Jamie mm. Alexiak. Oh. Tell you what, I wish there was an easier flight. That would be a good road trip. Oh. Gonna go down to Dallas. Dallas, Dallas is great. And St. Louis. S- Saturday? 11 a.m. puck drop in St. Louis on Sunday. Oh, so you could get back. You could get back in to Pittsburgh. Louis. Yeah, you're, but you could. Go into Dallas and then to St. Louis, you yeah, said. Yeah, right. But I'm saying, if uh, you know you had the means, that's a, that's a doable thing. It is, because that game would be over two, three o'clock. Get a five o'clock flight back to Pittsburgh, you'd be good, right? By the bing. I don't see it happening. I mean, that's no. not easy. Maybe no. pull- What's so early in St. Louis? Is that TV? Yeah, probably NBC TV. doing that. It must be NBC. Eleven a.m. Eleven a.m. St. Louis here, time. Right? Yeah. Noon here. Okay, so they must have the doubleheader uh, NHL on NBC. I would assume so. Something yeah. like that. Okay, uh, Borky, it's always a pleasure. Crow, Randall, <laughs> Valerie, and Michael. It was fully my pleasure, and this was good hockey talk. of justice charges in a terrorism investigation. Prosecutors say 21-year-old Sean Duncan was targeted at an FBI raid at his Virginia home in December. Investigators say Duncan tried to destroy a thumb drive during the raid. Allegheny County Police say they found searches for ISIS-related material, weapons, and body armor while investigating the death of Duncan's four-month-old son in June. Duncan faces up to 20 years in prison if convicted. There was a story in the New Yorker, which I think they posted last night, about all of the Americans that have been recruited to ISIS. Mm-hmm. 
they did a study on all these people, and it may have even included, you know, non-Muslims, you know, just white people who have joined this, the 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 movement. The movement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what they found was that job satisfaction was pretty low, <laughs> pretty low. Because they didn't go, they didn't get to go fight. They all got like desk jobs in ISIS. <laughs> so like these people are like Bring being recruited from Missouri, and, and they're being radicalized. And they're like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, no, that's I what I believe. Like they get brainwashed or whatever, mm-hmm. and they they think they're going over there to die for some some stupid cause. But they get there and they're like, do you know how to do Excel? <laughs> <laughs> You will be our new Twitter ambassador. <laughs> oh, man. Do you know word perfect? Borough officials in Sharpsburg have passed an anti-bullying ordinance. The law holds parents accountable if their child bullies someone. Officials say a parent could be fined up to 250 bucks for their kid's behavior, and police in Sharpsburg have the legal standing to enforce it. Officials say the ordinance only applies online and in person within the borders of Sharpsburg, which I don't know how you apply that to online, but uh, it doesn't apply to bullying in Fox Chapel schools. There is a real-life Wonder Woman island, sort of. It's not inhabited by Amazons, but Super She Island is a resort island off the northern coast of Finland, and it's for women only. Uh, Founder Christina Roth wanted to create a retreat where women could truly just relax without any interference from the opposite sex. In a recent interview, she explained, the idea at Super She Island is, hey, focus on yourself. Don't try to get your hormones all revved up. The resort will be opening its doors in June, but if you're interested in booking a trip, you can apply now. You have to actually go through an interview process with the founder via Skype if you even want to make a reservation. And you should know there's no booze allowed on Super She. According to Christina, you're supposed to be there focusing on your health and wellness and use the experience as an opportunity to reset and recharge your life and your body. I see two things happening. Either some guy pretends to be a woman to get on the island. White chicks. Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. Or uh, a misfit band of uh, pirates attacks the island. I don't know. I looked it up the website. It looks pretty nice. Ralph Malfatazzi going on a panty no. raid. <laughs> what what was the name of it again? It's she super she island.com if you want she to check island. it out. We've got it's, to conquer she island. I mean, it sounds like pretty a nice. A lesbian paradise. It's a well, you go and get get read. It's not about she said don't, you don't want to get your hormones charged up. It's about relaxing and refreshing your body and health and wellness. Meanwhile, I feel like if men did that, first of all, it would turn into a grunt cruise. Oh, it, like, totally. Like yeah. those Iron John things, do you remember those from the 90s where they're no. like guys would go camping and in the woods and connect with their inner caveman? And <laughs> Iron John. Like, those were the dumbest things ever, but I guarantee you, if they there's a time limit. They, they figured out at some point that it just turns into a fraternity party eventually. Oh, uh, yeah. No question. They'd be eating poop on the third day, and she'd be like, what, what, what's happening here? I don't know. Rick killed a guy. <laughs> They're butt-chugging spring water. <laughs> why are they doing this? I mean, I, I honestly am shocked it didn't happen sooner. Why, why women have not tried to escape before <laughs> is beyond me. <laughs> if you want to have a couple of drinks but you don't want to get hammered, go to a nice 
quiet bar. Researchers went to bars where the music was either played at 72 decibels or 88 decibels, which that's not even that loud. If you go to a really loud club, it can be over 100 decibels. But even at 88, people drank 31% more and also drank faster. The average person took 14 and a half minutes to drink a beer when the music wasn't really that loud, but 11 and a half minutes when it was louder. Researchers think it happens for a couple of reasons. The added stimulation gets your adrenaline going, so you drink faster. The other thing is it's just too hard to talk when it's so it's, loud, yeah. so you just drink more. I uh, uh, Nothing makes oh, me feel God. older than going to restaurants where there's a DJ. Yeah. And the DJ's loud. Oh, yeah. Well, there. I mean, there's a few places, more than a few places in town. You go for brunch, there's a brunch DJ, which is a specialized kind of DJ. You can't just roll out the Saturday night DJing there. You have to have the subdued, like, brunch Jazz. DJ. Uh, Playing you know. some some yeah. some funky house music. On the one and two. <laughs> that That's when you know you've really taken off as a DJ, when you get the brunch shift. <laughs> Dude. Where were you last night? What club? Um, I was down doing the, uh, they have this thing, French toast and strawberries <laughs> on uh, Carson. Yeah. Yeah, that was me. Uh, yeah, I'm DJ uh, Bernays. <laughs> I feel so old when I go to a restaurant and there's loud music. I get mad. We went to dinner uh, this this weekend, me, my brother, and uh, our kids, and they start playing Nelly at full volume. I'm like, hey, guys, I don't really want to go and take a ride with you, okay? I, we came here to eat and catch up with each other. You, what is this, Monster Jams 06? <laughs> That's the, the two things that, that make you feel super old when you go into a restaurant. You're like, there's a DJ and he's really loud. And I can't read the menu. It's too dark. Uh, <laughs> I get nailed with that one all the time. Uh, uh, the, I can't read them. And then you like you look like you're like Inspector Clouseau holding <laughs> up a menu and your phone. Next to the candle. Flashlight. I yeah. forgot my readers. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just point to something. I love that. You got it. I'll have some meat. <laughs> yeah. You got meat? Uh, a student at Noel Grisham Middle School in Austin is being disciplined after he hired a stripper to perform at the school. A spokesperson for the school district said the stripper showed up at the address and realized uh, something doesn't seem right. The woman buzzed the front office to inform them that someone had ordered her services, but it was probably a prank. She never went into the building, but did give school officials the name of the person who hired her. Turns out the student used his own cell phone to call the service and paid for the stripper with his parents' credit card. <laughs> so he's now facing disciplinary action. From she the walks into the, the auditorium, sets down one of those little boom boxes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody. It's like, it's like the scene in Bachelor Party when the strippers show up at the... At the bridal shower. Yeah. <laughs> Ozzy Osbourne is heading back on the road as part of his final global tour. At a press conference yesterday, Ozzy announced dates for his No More Tours to North American Trek, which will get underway August 30th in Allentown. The run is part of the Rock and Roll Hall of Famer's farewell two-year world tour, which will include a, 21, a total of 21 shows over two years. Uh, Why don't they just the, get a traveling festival for all of the people who are retiring on their farewell tours right now? Ozzy, Paul Simon, Elton John, Skinnerd, Skinnerd, Kiss. Well, they're on perpetual I retirement. 
tours. I'm ah, going on a farewell tour of going on farewell tours. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. Tickets go on sale to the general public February 17th. No Pittsburgh date. I mentioned the Allentown show August 30th and Blossom, which is outside of Cleveland. Uh, that is September 16th. Beautiful so, venue. I just hate going there. Yeah, those are the closest uh, shows to Pittsburgh at this point. Uh, here's Ozzy talking yesterday about why he won't be doing any more of those big, long tours. I've been on the road for 50 years. and it's, I'm not retiring completely. I'm just slowing it down to Instead of being on the road all the time, I'm just going to do gigs when they come up. It gets old, you know. It's like being on a mouse on the wheel. You're going round in circles. Mm-hmm. And you never get home. You know, you get home and you unpack and you got to pack again and go out again. I'm not saying I, I, I haven't enjoyed the touring, but it's just I've got grandchildren now and I never saw my own kids grow, so I can spend more time with my family. Ah, uh, well For- said. Forecast today: snow, sleet. <laughs> Rain, freezing rain through midday today, mid-30s for the high, dropping into the teens overnight tonight. It is 28 at DVE. Our friend comedian Mm -hmm. Ian Bagg has a brand new hour of comedy you can download on iTunes this Friday called Conversations. This Friday, Ian Bagg, iTunes, his new hour. Get it. Here's Ian on the show early. I currently have a comforter that's too heavy for me to move around. (laughs) It's really causing problems. Because so, it gets really hot, and then I'm in my sleep. I can't just like take my arm and like, you know how you would like drag the comforter. Yeah. It's like it's too heavy, man. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, and then I give up, and I'm stuck under this comforter. <laughs> I feel like I have to call for help. Can somebody come get me out of this thing. <laughs> I feel it, it, it's a, it's a little heavier than that thing they put over you before an X-ray. <laughs> Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. Yeah, I've actually called in late late for work. Because I couldn't get out from underneath that thing. <laughs> Not because it's comfortable. I, I just couldn't move it. Val! The, yes. I mean, we kind of just talked about the weather, but give us the latest. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, pretty bad out there right now. <laughs> I just got distracted. You know why? Because TMZ just tweeted, Le'Veon Bell says, I'll sign with the Jets for $100 million. Uh, oh, well, good. yeah, because he, he's saying he's never going there is what that means. Yeah. Well. For one year? Yeah, I, d- I didn't read the whole story. <laughs> but anyway, it he, just distracted me. No, that understand understandable. He's He's uh, been racking up the controversies. Elon Musk shot a car into space yesterday, and we've hardly talked about it today. It had a camera, and you could log on from your phone... And watch a car floating around in space. And we've hardly talked about it. It's not a big deal. It is like, oh, that's cool. Hmm. Huh. But there are people who don't even know that it happened. Remarkable. Here's the great thing about it, Val. It shuts down the flat earthers. (laughs) Finally, you dopes. Does it? Explain explain away the globe behind the car. Oh, it's all fake. This never happened. Is that what they're going to say? Yes. I guess that, that could be it. Yeah, it's a green screen. I mean, what the hell? So NASA's all done, but Eli, Elon Musk is uh, right. just ready like, to go? Just like prisons, we've privatized space. So Oh, good. Nothing wrong can happen there. Well, look, this guy is going to be selling, like, tickets. So you can, like, you know. Well, you want to go to space? 
Who is this guy? For Helen's 60th, we're going to space. (laughs) (laughs) Junk it to the Milky Way. I'm getting you a one-way ticket to Mars. I got one of them space junkets. Fella. (laughs) Space junket. What else you got going on there? The, definitely the parking lots here are pretty light. Nobody's like, at, at the, work? Yeah, there's hardly any cars here. Well, today's Nobody a, was here Monday either. Why wouldn't you take this as an excuse for I'm not going to work today? Yeah, I think I, a lot of people are. I'm still in the, yeah, it's not so bad. Well, it, we have to get here it, and tell people to stay home. I know. Uh, here's the Channel <laughs> 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. DVE Sports. Mike, pursued it with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Sports is all brought to you by Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. The Penguins fell behind Marc-Andre Fleury in the Vegas Golden Knights 2 to nothing last night at the PPG Paints Arena. But uh, upon that development, the Penguins did what they always aspire to do after falling behind. Here's Mike Sullivan following what became a 5-4 come-from-behind triumph. Well, I, th- I just think our guys kept playing, you know, and that's what we kept. That's what we told them. We, you know, I thought we played a pretty solid game, start to finish, and uh, it was a hard game. You know, Vegas is not an easy team to play against. They 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 play a fast game. They play a north south game. They've got uh, they have threats on uh, on every line. Uh, you know, they, their top two lines generate as much offense as uh, even strength as as most lines in the league. You know, I think Carlson's line is forty six even strength goals. Uh, Hall's line is 41 even strength goals. That's a lot of even strength goals for for you know for any line, and and so their top two lines are dangerous. And and uh, you know they're as I said this morning, you know they're they are what their record says they are. They're a very good hockey team. And and I thought our guys played hard tonight. We we competed. Um, you know we we got down early in the game and. Uh, we just kept telling our guys, keep playing. Just keep playing. Let's let's just work to get the next goal. Yeah, they got the next goals. Five of them in succession uh, from the middle stages of the second period through Phil Kessel's uh, goal at 620 of the third. That's the one that gave the Pens a 5-2 lead and allowed them to survive a couple of late Las Vegas goals that made things uh, really interesting in the final minutes. Uh, the Pens have the capability to come back the way they did last night. The trick now is to... Do it just a little more often. We're never out with with the talent that we have in our room. We always have the ability to come back. We just got to play the game the right way, and we have to have a certain resilience to our mindset that we don't let the momentum changes in the game affect us. And and that's what I really like about our team here in the last month or so is 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 we're we're showing signs of that resilience where we're just playing. We're not we're not you know we're not uh, vulnerable to the emotions in the game. We just you know, the puck goes, goes in against us, or we don't get puck luck, or we, you know, the things don't go our way. We just keep playing the game, and, and, and that's an important aspect of our team identity. Yeah, a couple of numbers that are pretty representative, I think, to where the Penguins are at present. They uh, improved last night to 17-0-0 when leading after two periods, so they know how to shut a game down once they get the lead. But uh, believe it or not, last night, just the seventh time the Penguins have won when giving up the first goal. They are 7-16-1 and one when the opponent scores first. That's a weird stat. That is <laughs> really weird. And that's not remotely good enough for, for what the Penguins are capable of. Down one nothing should not beat them as often as it has this year. But uh, hopefully, uh, as Mike Sullivan pointed out, you, you exhibit that resilience and that mindset and you get rewarded on nights like last night and 
maybe that has uh, a little bit of a carryover to the next time. The next time you're in that situation, you're a little more comfortable and confident that you can get the job done. And uh, you wake up about a month from now and you're on a roll and uh, everything's the way you want it to be. The Penguins uh, are 30, 22, and 3 overall this season. 63 points. That's four behind the Caps for first place in the Metropolitan Division. One point ahead of New Jersey. Four points ahead of Philadelphia. Five ahead of Columbus and the Islanders. And all those teams have played fewer than the 55 games the Penguins have played. They are next in action on Friday night in Dallas. Uh, NFL news, and there's a lot of it, even though the Super Bowl has come and gone. Malcolm Butler of the Patriots responding uh, to an Ian Rappaport report that Butler violated a team rule related to curfew, and that's why he didn't play any defensive snaps in New England's uh, 41-33 Super Bowl 52 loss. To Philadelphia, Butler uh, took to Instagram and Twitter yesterday and issued uh, a statement that said, among other things, that he would, quote, never do anything to hurt my team's chances of winning a game, including this year's Super Bowl, where I visited with my family every night. During Super Bowl week, I never attended any concert, missed curfew, or participated in any of the ridiculous activities being reported. They are not only false, but hurtful to me and my family. And by the way, Tom Brady and Martellus Bennett liked the Instagram post. Yeah, I, I bet Tom Brady is furious with Belichick. This widens the rift between them. Josh McDaniels coming back there, probably with the promise of that job in two years, if not sooner. If not, he is back. They were going to have a press conference at Lucas Oil Stadium in <laughs> Indianapolis today and welcome Josh McDaniels as the new head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. That's not happening he is going uh, to stay as the Patriots' offensive coordinator. Is that because Andrew Luck is still damaged goods? Is that because Robert Kraft threw a bunch of money at McDaniels just to stick it to Indianapolis as uh, more revenge for Deflategate? Or is that because Belichick is a short-timer? Can it be all of the above? might be. Carolina Panthers are having a hard time. They lost uh, their general manager, Dave Gettleman, to the New York football giants. Uh, the interim guy, Marty Herney, has been placed on paid leave amid an NFL investigation into harassment accusations made against him by his ex-wife. Yikes. There's a lesson to be learned here, kids. Just because you have an ex-wife doesn't mean she's done giving you grief. The Pirates trade away your favorite players? No worries. We're sending you to spring training to keep rooting them on. It's the DVE Morning Show. Mark Madden is joining us right now. Uh, he is brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing this morning on DVE. Mark, you made it in. Uh, despite the cancellations, the delays this morning, you braved the elements to broadcast to your faithful listeners today. There were cancellations? <laughs> so last night, the Penguins... No, really. I mean, they canceled stuff? I mean, oh, the yeah. road seemed like not bad at all when I left my house. Every school in town... A ton is of school closures. Close. Really? Well, God bless us, everyone. Do you think, I only hope we can soldier through as a town and display courage. Hashtag. Last night, the celebration, the celebrated return of uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. It's a weird thing. It's not uh, usual fare. I mean, and it's not like, you know, hey, Max Talbot came back. You know, we give him a lot of love and, you know, guys like that. There are guys, you know, tapping the sticks for and stuff like that. But this was... 
a lot more than just that. Well, very few people connected with the community and and just seem to have a relationship with the people of Pittsburgh than Mark Andre Fleury. Uh, and I think a key in all that was after he won the Cup in '09 and played very well in the playoffs in '10 and '11, particularly '11 when the Penguins went to that Tampa Bay series without Sid and Gino, both injured. But then in 2012, he blew up against the Flyers, played the worst goal he'd ever played. And in 13, he lost his job to Vokun in the playoffs. And then even though he was the Penguins' best player in the playoffs in 14 and 15, in 14 he had shutouts on consecutive nights against the Rangers, um, his detractors wouldn't shut up. There was a vocal minority that never forgave Marc-Andre Fleury for that Flyers series because they don't know hockey and the goalie's the easiest guy to blame. But then in 16, when Murray took Mark's job, and nobody you know held that against Matt, but Mark became the underdog. Because of an injury. Right, right, right. Uh, Mark became the underdog. Flurry was great leading up to that. Oh, no question. In this, well, The only time Flurry ever played bad were the 12 and 13 playoffs. And his detractors he had a bad, bad game 7 and 10. But is it fair to say that... He got yanked against Montreal in Game Seven at home. I don't. He didn't get yanked, but he had. He didn't have a great game. Gonchar put one in his own net too. Yeah. Uh, but but the point is, his detractors held that against him unfairly, I think. But then when he became the underdog, the town rallied behind him because they liked him in the first place. And then he played so great in the seventeen playoffs, and that kind of sealed and dare I say amplified his legacy here in Pittsburgh. That was the thing that I think more than anything. Well, I won't say more than anything, but you know, it, it is the "what have you done for me lately" kind of world. Um, well, you know, the game that... seven diving, you know, as to stop the shot mm-hmm. as time expires to win the Stanley Cup, hard to beat that moment, that series. Yeah, but he came close with that two nothing shutout of Washington in in Game Seven last year. Yes, with some spectacular saves, and uh, people looked at how he handled the good, but they also looked at how he handled the bad. And he did both, you know, impeccably. And plus, he, he's a funny, witty, charming guy. People looked at that smile and they knew it was real. And as someone who was around him a, a lot during his, his days here, it was real. There was nothing insincere or phony about Marc-Andre Fleury. No, and in some ways, more than a skilled player, you know, he brought in the fringe hockey fans. And, you know, like, soccer moms loved Marc-Andre Fleury. So, oh, yeah. so it's not just like the diehard Penguin fans and people that follow the team. Just the people who are sort of like on the fringe who just like are yay Pittsburgh love Marc-Andre Fleury. And the girls liked him and the men found him non-threatening. Yeah. It just, everything fell together for him in terms of being a popular athlete. I really do believe one of the five most beloved athletes. Uh, wow. Not best, but beloved in the history of Pittsburgh. And those... Two different categories, but well, put it this way: just as important. Uh, and I'm not knocking Kutch. When Kutch comes back with the Giants, he will not get that reception like Mark did last night. It'll be close, but it won't quite get there. That was the loudest the building ever was for a regular season game uh, in Pittsburgh, with the one exception being Mario's comeback game. What is your theory on why Malcolm Butler didn't play the Super Bowl? I think he broke some kind of rule. I, I hate to conjecture past that because it's not fair to him, but he had to have broke some kind of rule. I can't believe that Belichick would bench him uh, on a tactical 
basis when he played 98% of the snaps. However, he played Aaron Hernandez and he murdered people. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. What kind of rule could he have broken? <laughs> well, maybe he murdered more people than Hernandez. Threat nuclear war. Maybe Murdering broke, people wasn't on the list. Maybe he <laughs> broke into Gronk's house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but the weird part of that was if he broke a rule, why did he even get a jersey? Why was he even dressed for the game? Played one special team snap? That's it. And he had played special teams literally Did that happen? Years. Do you think that the special teams coach threw him in there and Belichick noticed it and said, no, don't put him in there? No, it was the punt. Oh, it was the so Eagles. it was he, was, he was on one punt. So he was on punt return. Yeah. It, you know, it, it just, I think the Steelers should sign him. They need some new blood in the distraction game. <laughs> uh, I don't know if they do. Le'Veon Bell is really ramping it up. Because he's a jackass. I mean, when are people going to see these guys for what they really are? I had uh, Paul Zeiss in the Post-Gazette tweeted yesterday that the flurry love was being too overblown. And I said, well, compare him to two-thirds of the Steeler locker room and maybe you'll understand. Uh, yeah, the Steelers, I don't even want to go there right now because I'm having too much fun uh, with uh, what's going on with the Patriots. Do you think Josh McDaniels snubbing the Colts, which, by the way, ooh, as a fan base, how bad does that piss you off? I mean, that is a demoralizing And they hired event. some assistants, too, based on McDaniels going there, and they say they're going to honor the contracts, but I'm not sure they have a choice. Yeah, but that's just so... I mean, a deal, Triv, you think a deal got to be in place for McDaniels to take over for Belichick then, right? At some uh, point. It's either that or... They, or Brady's orders. There's speculation that Andrew Luck still has problems and might not be healthy, or Robert Kraft throwing him a boatload of money just to stick it to Indy over Deflategate. Those are the three theories. I like that last one. Yeah, I love the last that, one. That sounds pretty, pretty promising. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Kraft will never let that go. That they, that they, that they went down that road and it, pursued that. If Brady can orchestrate them getting rid of all of their backup quarterbacks, you don't think he can get the say? I mean, like we made so much about Ben. Well, make, maybe Daniel making still Randy has to say yes, though. That's still right. Has to stay. So yeah, that was a. It, it just. One one thing I, I got to say about – I wrote a column for the trip today about um, the Steelers' heartbreak uh, over losing the uh, NFL.com best celebration poll. And, and Juju, you know, after all the hard work he did, the the uh, choreographing of hide-and-seek, the casting of the participants, he was the seeker, you know, did a great job in that role. Uh, <laughs> 72 hours after they lost, he was tweeting to rally votes. Uh. I mean, that hard work just didn't pay off. Of course, he also disappeared in the AFC Championship game. He hid, but but nobody saw it. But uh, in the Super Bowl, there were no choreographed celebrations, and uh, it strikes me there might be a new way in the NFL coming up because all Final Four teams had no nonsense coaches and teams that show up for work. Uh, well, Eagles actually had some of the most profound celebrations. Yeah, I was going to say year. the not Eagles in the Super Bowl, not in the, not in the Super Bowl game. But. Yeah, all year. They yeah. won the contest. Yep. They broke Juju's heart. They broke my heart. <laughs> Mark Madden, uh, his heart is broken, but his microphone isn't. You can listen to him. Afternoons on 105.9. It was broken? No, it wasn't. Okay, I thought. No, no, I'm saying. He's making yeah. it clear. Yeah, I'll make That's it. That's not broken. Yeah, it's fine. We'll explain it later. Did you like the video? Did you like the flurry video? It was great, yeah. The whole, the whole evening was just tremendous. But after the game. When the, when the media crowd cleared, I just chatted with Mark for a second, and he and he talked about how wonderful everything was, you know, how much he liked it. He admitted crying. I called him a baby. And, and then he said, and then I give up five. 
expletive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the, he was getting peppered pretty good there. There wasn't a lot he could have done on a lot of them. Well, I thought I thought it was funny because if you looked close, uh, he stopped Gino on a poke check. I love that. And he was talking trash on Gino. Phil hit the post twice, and Phil would circle the net yapping after that. Uh, there's clearly a, a camaraderie that, that exists. And will it looked exist. like a practice to me. Like in a lot of ways, uh, when the puck was out of play, yeah, yes, like they were all like the chirping, yes, yeah. like like a practice, no doubt, yeah. Um, but Tell I, you what though, the, the Vegas is really good. I thought at the beginning of the year when they got off that great start, it was fluky, but they're really good. Yeah, uh, they are legitimate. I don't know if they'll they'll get out of the West, but they'll. It would not shock me at all if they got to the conference final. They're that good. They really counter attack. They get up the rink off turnovers with control and precision. About as good as any team in the league. They got some uh, resilience too. I thought when the Penguins were putting that globe trotter act on, and it got to be five <laughs> two. Yeah, I was thinking, okay, coming. hey, cute story, hardworking guys with a chip on your shoulder. This is what it looks like when talent comes at you hard. And they battled back. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't let that game get out of hand. Well, Braden Holtby, after after Vegas beat Washington recently, he had a good line. He said that team has four second lines. And, and, and I, I get what he means. Mm. Maybe not four seconds, but all seconds and thirds. Mm-hmm. No first, but no fourth either. And that creates some matchup problems. There's no easy line to play against. Their, their D's a little thin. Uh, by the way, I, I talked to a few people last night. Uh, I still think they're going to trade one of their impending free agents for the future. Just maybe one. Whether it's Neil Perrone or Garrison, I think that's going to happen. I don't think they feel like they can totally abandon the future. Uh, do you think Mario Lemieux should blast a Zamboni into space? Is that being discussed? It is. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. So do I. To what end? Well, you know, Elon Musk? Yes. You know, he he blew off, the, the he blasted a car into space yesterday. Why do you do that? Because you can, you know? Cause you One can. of his childhood right. dreams. So we, we do just get dumber and dumber, don't we? Dumber and dumber. That's the smartest, coolest thing that ever happened. It's the world's most powerful rocket ever invented. It launched a car into space. A guy did it by himself. Okay, to what end? Yeah, but isn't that littering on a, He's on a universe Literally, scale? they are testing rockets that will launch capsules into space for public transport. Like, not transport, but like, you'll be able to go into space. I don't want to go into space. Well, you don't have to. What kind of car was it? It was a Tesla. His car. You know what they should have done? It was a Ford Tempo. They should have put, they should have put the members of Tesla in the Tesla. <laughs> That's that great. way something good would have been accomplished. That would have been a great idea. They could have had, uh, who's the singer of Tesla? What's his name? I Jeff don't Keith. know. Ran- what is it? Jeff Keith. You know that. Dude, know Fal that. knows everything. Fal. I don't know everything. Who no, else? I'll, don't ask me about Night Ranger. <laughs> Who else is in Tesla? Frank Hannon. Val is like Frank the Hannon. rock uh, Alexia. Tommy Skeo. Yeah. Uh, what's the drummer's name? Troy something. Don't mess with Val. I have, I have a tradition when I go to a Tesla concert. I leave before Tesla plays. <laughs> oh, dude. Tesla rocks. Rotten. Uh, they were great. Horrible. You like garbage music. <laughs> did you think... I, I uh, some of it, yes. Did you think that Ron Burkle being in Tom Brady's box for the Super Bowl <laughs> was going to get any flack? I, I'm, a little, I'm a little surprised he's caught none. I bet a lot of people what? were like me, like... That guy? Nobody I know knows him. what he, he looks like. Because if Art Rooney was in Ted Leonce's box for the Stanley Cup final, people would be pissed. Yeah, but this is a crossover for for for. Well, no, Art Rooney and Ted Leonce. I don't know. I mean, Burkle. if it was Mario, Mario, pe- Mario, people would be pissed. I know he hates that. Yeah, I I don't see it as a big deal. I mean, he he knows Giselle. It's a big deal. He was sitting next to her. I know. 
I'm just saying. I mean, it just it was a good seat to watch the game. I don't know. That was a real good seat. Leave Mr. Burkle alone. No, that's what I'm afraid. It's like, I think you don't talk about Burkle. It's like Fight Club. <laughs> First world Burkle Club. Don't no, talk I mean, about Burkle. I don't see it as a big deal. I mean. Okay, that's fine. You're an apologist for the team. Mark Madden's on uh, 3 o'clock on 105.9. I'm an apologist for any billionaire I know. <laughs> well, well, there are more and more billionaires to apologize for. So uh, listen to Mark in the afternoon. He's got good stuff. Tomorrow on the show, Stan Saverin and PFT Commenter is going to be joining us. Very nice. Can you give him some advice from me? I already know what it is. Get out. Get out of Barstool. Yes. You don't more th- money. There's more money out there, PFD commenter. I think him and uh, Big Cat one day will make their way out of there. But right now, this is what they're doing. You How know. long are their contracts? I haven't discussed that with them. I bet it's they're too long and I, for too little. Much like yours. Oh, no. Mine is for... Uh, maybe you're right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, that's it. We're done. Everybody drive safe out there. Mark, it's icy. Please keep your listeners updated as to the weather conditions. Winds out of the northwest. Yeah. 34 degrees here on the Big X. All right. The Big X. Hey, by the way, congrats on that X-Fest lineup. Wow. Yeah, I'll I'll be going to Def Leppard and Journey. That's really (laughs) pathetic. Well, you know, can I explain why? Do we have time? Please do. I think Jack White is the latter-day Jimmy Page. I think he's brilliant. You just never know what he's going to deliver live. I've seen him three times, and he's been incredible. Every time. Yeah, but sometimes he goes on these long instrumental jags, sends the band off the stage. Randy much. loves that. Not not too much. Yeah, maybe, I, maybe I'll go to Jack White. It's your station's signature concert. I go to all the Penguin games. That's all the signature my station needs. You're going to go to a see a Filipino guy sing Lights instead of going to see Jack White? That's a racist statement. No, it's not. It's factual. It was not in any sort of... They don't have Steve... No. Really? Yeah. Don't you think Steve Perry should start touring with an all-Filipino backup band? <laughs> an all-girl <laughs> Filipino backup Dude, it's band. It's the only move. I would go to see that. Steve Perry with a bunch of Filipinos? <laughs> That'd be amazing. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Uh, all right. Go uh, go uh, listen to Mark later today. Hey, it's almost Valentine's Day. And uh, as you know, Randy, it's important to get the right gift on Valentine's Day. And it's important to remember presentation counts. If you've ordered from Pro Flowers, you understand what I'm talking about when that Green and white box arrives. She'll know what's inside. She'll be filled with anticipation. A Christmas in February type of excitement. And the first thing she'll see when she opens it up is a card that reads, Someone is thinking about you. My wife never gets tired of that kind of stuff on Valentine's Day. By now, she expects it. That's the appetizer. The main course is a one-of-a-kind, two-gifts-in-one combo from Pro Flowers and Sherry's Berries. Today only, you can get one dozen red roses and dipped gourmet strawberries in that beautiful, specially designed box for just $49.99. That's the perfectly paired collection. Beautiful bouquets and decadent treats. Flowers from Pro Flowers and berries from Sherry's Berries in one perfect box. It'll keep your flowers fresh and your berries cold. Today only for $49.99. She'll love it. You'll love it. And your delivery date is guaranteed. Customer satisfaction is always number one or your money back. Visit ProFlowers.com today and avoid a potential Valentine's disaster. Think inside the box this Valentine's Day. Order today from ProFlowers.com. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him tight, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.